0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 375th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Ozzy Smith. Welcome to everybody in the chat. We'll be going through the chat very shortly, making sure you're all okay in there. Going live on YouTube from 8 p.m. every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. You can catch us during the week on SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify. Let's check in on the boys, make sure they're okay. Ozzy, how are you getting on this week? Good mate, enjoying this weather.
1: It's uh it makes lockdown bearable. Getting out and about. Um, spent some of the day today reviewing um, numerous fights of our uh, star fighter that we're going to recap uh, this week. So yeah, been a good week. What
0: about you, mate? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. I've seen a bit of Soul Farah, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with the listeners uh, let them know what they're missing out on. Let's just say
1: uh, they're in for a treat.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen Saul Farrar fight before, then you are in for a treat. Go over and watch him on YouTube now. We're going to try and get a bit of Soul footage up. Hopefully uh, the big uh, Bolivian industry doesn't get onto to us and uh, try and shut us down. But we will try and get a little bit of Saul Farrar footage up later for you all to enjoy. Andy's been all over it this week. How are you, Andrew?
2: Not bad, Brother Wellings. How are you, mate? You
0: good? <laughs> Not too bad at all. Uh, Joseph <laughs> has been uh, in touch with me on Twitter all week. Brother Wellings, indeed.
2: Absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, doing well. I uh, uh, echo uh, Aussie's sentiments and that good weather. Um, I actually had a barbecue with the neighbours last night for the missus' birthday, so um, I've got a wee bit of the fear today, actually. I just cracked a can open to try and kind of just see us off in the night, and then I'll get to my bed right after the pod, Not I'm fucking shattered, man. So I can't, I can't do these 12-hour sessions anymore, 18-hour sessions anymore. It's just uh, I'm too old washed, yes. like, like George yeah. Groves and his hair.
0: <laughs> yeah, Groves is starting to look a bit different. Goodness knows, the time he's 70, what he's going to look like. He, might, he might do a reverse Michael Jackson or something. I wonder if he's going to stop by getting face, uh, hair transplants and stuff. Where did he get that face? his pubes or something like that?
2: <laughs> fuck, some hair, man. And then uh, it's, it's clear that him and Froch have taken a look at each other and that because Froch obviously has got a new nose and you know, Groves is going to go the new hair. Or it might be the Eubank factor as well because I think he uh, the girl got a hair transplant as well, so you bank that took their souls more than what we actually thought.
0: Absolutely. Midlife crisis indeed. The British Hair Clinic are working overtime at the moment. Good to see the boys in with us. Let's go through the YouTube chat. I won't be able to mention everybody, obviously, just under 7,000 in there at the moment. Let's pick out two or three of the names, shall we? Paver, Dan Sandbrook, welcome to you. Jim McDonald. could it be the real one, the fake one, the fake, fake one? Who knows? Jim McDonald's hanging around there anyway. So is Matthew Russell, as always, Boxing Channel, we know him uh let's have a look. who else there take aims banana rama from the other side of the pond our only american representative this week no sign of gabe no sign of hater dave lowback yet no sign of johnny goodness knows what he's up to at the moment uh, tosh bear grills always rely on him uh, just flicking through here tmg says the pods over the pods just beginning brother just beginning uh knockout boxes there as well ian mckenzie adam saunders uh, kaiser cober uh, DT knockout opinion, very impressed with the doctor's boxing, yet performed professional apparently was Dr. Jo Mr. Kongboy has jumped in as well, uh, yep, welcome to you all, right, let's get stuck into a few bits and pieces before we get our first guest, guest on in a couple of minutes time, Andy, obviously boxing is supposed to be returning top rank during the 9th Tuesday evening, I'm a bit worried about this, Shakur Stevenson originally was going to fight Miguel Mariaga, then we got Rafael Rivera in, he's having visa, visa issues apparently, and there we have the uh, the mighty Felix Caraballo. I've never even heard of this guy. Um, we need to get this fight over and dusted before it gets any shitter, as far as I'm concerned, Andy. I <laughs> mean, uh, you, you know, I mean, what's going on? But a lot of people have been saying uh, during the lockdown, I would watch anything. I would give me Matty Askin versus Lawrence Acoli too. Well, I think uh, Shakur Stevenson, by the time we get into the fight uh, of a night, he's going to test people's theory that they really just would watch everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, obviously the footballs on and stuff, when I, mean, I had that card from Nick I, I watched one fight off it, it was like because of someone that I'd actually remember seeing fighting, I'd just say, right, okay, I'll stick on and see how it goes. But this, again, <sighs> shit, it really is. I mean, obviously, okay, we 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 know we've got the issue. With fighters travelling and stuff, but this guy's Puerto Rican, I think he is. I don't know if he stays in America, if he's got to travel to put if he put rico to America and that I don't know what I think restrictions he must are do, like. yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's just uh, it's just a shit card. What I was gonna say really about it. You know, Stevenson obviously needs a fight, you know, as that's, that, that's a given. Um but there's no better options out there rather than this guy. I mean and, you know, this is this is the kid that's actually gonna be here talking like he's the next big thing. So I think someone has said on Twitter, I seen some comment on that saying it was, you know, he's on. That was Tim Bradley, that's who it was saying he's like he could potentially be the next Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, fucking, just pump the brakes a bit here, now. I mean, he's fought nobody. He is a talented fighter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no questioning that. But um, certainly, even with even with the lockdown, you know, we're not expecting any great opponents. It is going to be shit at this point, and the name fighters, especially those. I mean, he's a world champion, I suppose, at, at the minute, and it's, it's it's far too early for me to be honest with you. Um, Obviously, the Josh Warren talks wanted to see that fight happen. And that for whatever reason, I don't know if he talked himself out of it, at Stevenson, or he was demanding too much money. But um, yeah, it's just the uh, it's just it's just a perfect. And I ain't watching it, by me, to, to be honest with you, unless it's like a, a two round knockout, two round blow, or maybe watch the, the highlights on Twitter and that. But um, yeah, I'm 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 not watching uh, like. UFC, for example, I know a lot of guys are going on heavy about that. They've had a few events, three or four events, in that in the last couple of, couple of weeks. I haven't stuff.
0: watched any of it. If you, I'm not interested nope. at the best of times in UFC.
2: No, nope. nope, absolutely not. Um, again, the football, the German stuff, and that. I haven't watched a live game. Um, I catch the highlights. Um, it'll be hard to kind of watch the, the, the conclusion, the English leagues, and stuff like that. But no fans and that it just takes away from the atmosphere. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 no desperate for live sports. You know, a wee bit would be would be decent. Um but certainly it's gonna mean something as well. And uh, again, sport put fans is nothing at the end of the day. And I I, I know Aram's probably gonna be kinda of, his arms are tied in that but end of the day Aram always kinda of like say, or well, usually kinda of, you know, safeguards his fighters somewhat and then gets to kinda of big fights at kinda of later time down the road and that. But um yeah, it's uh it's just a just a pure fight. As I say I, I know nothing about this guy that he's fighting. So uh, I'm I'm gonna go in the line and just say Stevens will probably probably win. I'll see on points
0: would imagine so, Aussie. We were wondering who would come back uh, first of all. Eddie Hearns took a step back. Obviously, the zone stuff is going on in the background as well. Al Heyman's taking a little look as well. Bob Aram's getting stuck straight in uh, to return into action. Jamel Herring, they were talking about him fighting Carl Frampton. Obviously, he's now going to be going in Las Vegas, July the 2nd, if things all go to plan, against Jonathan Aquendo. Again, they're having to get a sort of domestic opponent. They don't have to get in. Top rank seem to be scrambling to fill these contractual obligations with the ESPN, I would imagine at the moment, Aussie. that's why they're first out of the gate. That's exactly what they're doing. Um Bob Arum came out and
1: I think as you you tried to use some contacts, uh has got out there first, but ultimately it's producing poor quality. Now all people people would be satisfied to see is just competitive stuff. I mean this Stevenson fight with this carabel is rubbish. It's awful. This we're talking like you um you you're just completely out of the nowhere defences that you know, are randomly in these rankings. I mean, I don't even know how this guy's getting into the country when he's never left Puerto Rico. So unless he's just randomly, you know, ended up in America, I'm not sure how that's going ahead. Uh, it. I, I understand the somewhat restricted in terms of being able to. Uh, get opponents over naturally. Th- that's fine, but then it's a case of if you're just going to give a fighter a run-out, then he doesn't need to defend his world title for the sake... Um, he doesn't need to defend... Is he even defending a world
0: title on this? Or is it just a 10-rounder? I don't think so. I don't even think he's at the weight, is he? Isn't he up a bit? I could be wrong there, actually. All ah, right. right. It's a 10-rounder. Right. It's a 10-rounder,
2: so the chances are it's going to be an over-the-weight match type fight, yeah? Right. I
0: think so, yeah. I think so, so, to be fair... Sorry,
1: I, I thought he was going to be defending a world title and I thought this is a joke. If that's the case, then... Then it's just a tick over fight to try and get them ready if he does this and then he goes into a bigger fight in what say six months time five months time it's acceptable but what we don't want to do is see this you know for the coming months um i think what i I think particularly for the uk we've already seen that we're probably going to see british and english level fights in america is this is going to be good is is this as good as we'll get it's going to be disappointing if so
0: Yeah, one thing I was going to mention to you, actually, Andy, let me just bring it up here. There was a, a press release went out a few days ago regarding Rich, Ricky Burns. He's still pitching for fights. Old Ricky wants a headliner in Glasgow. We all know at one point he said he wanted to have 100 fights, and that—that that is not realistic in my opinion. It's a weird thing with Ricky because part of me thinks, yeah, let the guy fight, let him carry on. But he made his debut in 2001. That was 19 years ago. He's 37 now. Ricky Burns feels to me like a guy who's paid his due, he's done his thing. He feels like a fighter, thinking back to some, you know, the, the way he was going in against uh, the likes of Graham Earl like 15, mm-hmm. 16 years ago. Like he, he's had his time now. I'd like him to sort of hang. think about hanging the gloves up soon.
2: Yes, well, it's over 50 fights he's had now, isn't it? So he's, uh, he's, ha- well, he's almost, oh, i Oh, hang he's, he's well, 50, just pulled up his record there, 51 fights he's had. So he's, almost, he's halfway there, just over it. Um, but. Yeah, see, uh, I think if he's going to get hundred fights in that, he's going to have to come down in levels drastically and probably fight eight or six rounders. And it's probably difficult for a guy like Ricky in that as well, considering where he's been operating in the past and stuff. But you know, he just loves boxing. at The end of the day, um, you know, he's been a six rounder since uh, he fought in Dongo as well after he fought Crawler. So I think he'll, he'll 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 keep fighting. I know what you're saying. I mean, he's he's nowhere near as 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 you know what he was. You know, the stuff he was he's missing far too many shots and stuff. He's always going to have that work ethic. He he just loves the sport, and to be honest with you, he's still an inspiration. As far as I'm I'm led to believe, uh, with guys in the gym, just by that work ethic, you know, guys even you know, he's even a talent, uh, a lot of talent like a lot, some fighters not, but if he had the talent, his ethic that nah, he could have absolutely anywhere in boxing, and they probably been a world champion before. He actually did become a champ and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, I I take your point, Um, I would happily have to see him retire and that, but um, I just think he's one of the guys and stuff, he'll he'll step down levels and he'll keep active and keep busy. But, um, yeah, good luck to him, I suppose.
0: Lovely stuff, Andy. Thank you very much. Delighted to welcome our first guest of the evening on the call. It's Echo Esserman. How are you, Echo?
2: I'm
3: good, thanks. And yourself?
0: Not too bad at all. How are you getting on during the lockdown then?
3: I'm getting on all right, you know, Um, obviously at the start of the lockdown it was a bit like, uh, well, how can I adjust to everything and straight away I was on eBay and Amazon looking for a bit of kit, looking for a bag that I could hit in the garden and a few weights and all sorts, so I've um, I've, I've got everything I need and obviously with with my free time I just spend it um, doing conditioning circuits, hitting the bag in the garden or going out running in that
0: Yeah, so training at home, obviously, it's not convenient, but you've been doing your best.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. You can only
3: do your best
0: out here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, You had a good amateur pedigree, Echo. Tell us more about that, your amateur days.
3: My amateur days? Um, Yeah, I boxed for for GB whilst I was in the amateurs and um, boxed in quite a few international tournaments as well as the um, WSB. So I got to box against, um, obviously, um, Roniel Iglesias, Mohamed Rabi, um, Bogdan Celestiu, and, and a few others as well. Um, I think a world um, bronze medalist as well. I boxed twice when I was boxing on WSB. So, um, um, yeah, um, it was, was good stuff because I got to mix it with a lot of people from different backgrounds. And different and with that, different styles. So, I think it definitely helped and prepared me for the pros.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, it helped you transition over. Did you think you had a bit of a pro style as it was?
3: Yeah, I, I always had the pro style. That's why, um, initially, as an amateur, I didn't really get that much of a look in. And then um, I beat a few people I wasn't supposed to beat. And um, I got a GB trial. And then it was, I spent six months on that trial, sort of beating off the opposition until I was only one there. So that's how I got my, my spot on the squad.
0: Yeah, you nicknamed the engine. I would imagine uh, going the distance is no trouble for you?
3: Yeah, no trouble for me at all. I think one of the, one of the coaches used to joke around saying "Um, uh, ba- I worked backwards because um, a lot of the other boxers would start fast and then slow down throughout the match, whereas I'd start off in, a nice pace, and then I just keep going and going and going, and that's how they call in the name, The Engine.
0: Yeah, you've, you've had some good wins on the record already. I mean, you obviously beat Andy Keats for the English title and then made a defence yeah. of that against Tyrone Nurse, who's a really experienced yeah. former British champion. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, obviously, with the Keats match, I just took an opportunity with brave fans and obviously did it. Um, but with the Tyrone Nurse match, you wanted to show people that... Um, I wanted to push on. I felt like I was not that I wasn't like I felt like I was above the level I was fighting at, and I wanted to mix it at a higher level because I box better when I do that. Um, so as my voluntary, we paid Tyrone Nurse, and I put in a good performance to beat him as well. And then I had um, Curtis Felix after that. He was an unbeaten um, prospect, and I beat him in his back garden in London as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that was impressive, you see, because it was at the end of 2019, he was unbeaten, you were unbeaten, and you weren't afraid to go to your call and say, I'm going to beat you on your own
4: territory. Yeah, (laughs) well, in boxing, you can't be in it. Just to make a number, you've got
3: got to put the money where your mouth is. And I said I was willing to fight people and free smoke for everyone, so I had to go out and give it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a refreshing attitude. Just to remind our listeners, we have Echo Esserman on the call at EE underscore engine over on Twitter. Any other social media presences you have there? Um,
3: yeah, I do, I do have an Instagram as well, which is E-K-O-W, uh, full stop, E-S-U-M-A-N. And on Facebook, it's Echo Esserman.
0: Yeah, go and give him a follow, everybody. Echo is going places. Obviously, you must have your eye on the British champion, Chris Jenkins. It's a logical next yeah. step.
3: Yeah, yeah, logical. Um, obviously, after after I won the English, I was already thinking about the British, and then and then I, I had to take a step back and think. Actually, no, I have to defend this first, and then it was in defending that, and so many people were call, were calling me out behind the scenes and whatnot. And I was thinking, well, oh, I can't I can't just stay at this level. I need to push on. So obviously, naturally, I want to go for the next belt up, which is the British, and whoever has that. Um, yeah, I'm coming for you. I'm gunning for you. So it's, it's, it's not that I want any particular person, but whoever's
0: gunning for the British, I'm, well, I'm gunning for them. Yeah, you talked about potential future opponents. Your name's been linked to Connor Ben. You'd like that, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, I, I'd like that. I, that is a fight I would like, actually. But um, uh, as, I, as I've said before, like I, I get tired of saying, yeah, I'd like that fight. And instead of thinking that way, I'm just going to make it so that fight happens. So I'll get myself in the position where that fight makes sense, be it um, mandatory for a belt that he has or be it that we're close to the rank on, on like the IBO or certain and it makes sense for us to fight. I just need to get myself in that position and then I can start out people properly.
0: Yeah, uh, you signed with Queensbury Promotions. You've obviously sat down, had a chat with Frank Warren. What type of plans has he got for you? Um,
3: well, the plan so far is a route to the British and then going international. Because really, I just want to push on. I want to get my ranking higher. I want to make some moves. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to waste time about it. No, you haven't been wasting time so far. Just looking at the world, seeing Echo, 147, obviously the two top dogs. Errol Spence, who knows what condition he's in at the moment. Terence Crawford, yeah. who would you pick? That's obviously the fight we all want to see. This one, I'm at.
3: I've been not that I've been on the fence for it, but um, I think initially I was thinking Errol Spence because he was because of his um, his boxing style. It doesn't look too flashy, but he's really precise with his punches, and he he's quite heavy-handed, so he can wear a lot of people down. But um, stylistically, I love Terence Crawford's style. So you know what? I think Crawford would win. To be honest, I'd pick Crawford.
0: Interesting stuff. Just circling right back around before we let you go and we do thank you for joining us, Echo. Uh, when do you think, uh, realistically, have any conversations been had about when you might be back in the ring at all?
3: Um, I might be back in the ring sooner than than you'd imagine. But uh, I've been ticking over uh, and obviously now that bosses are allowed to, well, professional athletes are allowed to start training again, I'll be in the gym and hopefully I'll be out end of July, maybe August. So hopefully people get to See
0: what I'm about if they're hearing of me for the first time. Absolutely, we're excited to see your progress at ee e underscore engine over on Twitter. Absolute pleasure having you on Echo and We think you're going places, and good luck in the future. Oh,
3: thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: All the best, sir. Thank you.
3: Cheers.
0: Bye bye. Bye. Echo Essemen, there. Yep, no messing about. I've been. Keeping an eye on him ever since Ozzy sent me the number there, Oz, having a look on uh, YouTube and that. I like the way this guy goes about his business, and I genuinely think he is going places.
1: Yeah, talented fighter. His record, I tell you what, for an English champion is very good. Um, what, t- 10 or 11 fights? But he's been matched, sorry, 13 fights, but he's been matched extremely well already. Um, I mean, to beat Tyrone Nurse for your English title, thats that's a de- that is a very good win. Um, a very good win. Nurse is no slouch, uh, as you said. As I mean, he's lost five, well, lost six, six or seven times now. But a lot of those losses, you can argue. I mean, there was one in Australia which was extremely contentious. That's a very good win. I mean, going to London as well in the away corner, um, beating the durable Andy Keats as well. He's a talented guy. Um, obviously, Frank Warren's got Chris Jenkins in his stable. Um, naturally, that looks like an easy fight to make. Uh, there's other fights out there. It's a competitive division at 147. Uh, actually, there's some there's some decent names, and I wasn't aware of his amateur background either. Um, but he's clearly talented. You don't fight in the WBS um, represent Great Britain if you're uh, you're clearly not a mug. So best of luck to him. Um, clearly a talent, and hopefully uh, we'll get to see him on BT when uh, when boxing
0: resumes in the UK. Absolutely, hopefully. Frank's been busy, as we mentioned last week, or during the week, I can't remember, but he's been signing fighters anyway. Talking to people who are going places, rapping Rob Kelly's going places, he's going to the top, to the big time, maybe just out in the field, who knows? How are you, Rob?
5: I don't fancy going too many places tonight, I'm fucking flaked out on the couch here at the moment with a can of Irish Bulmers straight out of the freezer after doing a bit of work in the garden today, so... uh no, I'd be going out to the field in a little way, but for the moment, you have me within the confines of the living room. I'm watching the the Last Dance documentary. I know I'm late to the party on that one, but I wanted to binge watch it. So up to around episode six, pretty amazing stuff so far. Um, definitely better than the fights that we were tasked with watching this fucking week. Like, holy
2: fuck. <laughs>
5: Did, you watch Did you watch
2: them? You told me you wanted to watch them. Did you do it? Talk about contrast.
5: You're looking at one of the greatest athletes of all time.
2: Fuck me, man.
5: At, and then you're looking at Michael Jordan. <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> hey. hey I think I stay, Michael Jordan never had his advantages yesterday Because so far I had one arm longer than the other one.
5: That's true. That's true. Who knows what he could he could have achieved seven championships? Uh, no. With one, could, one longer arm.
2: Oh I mean, he'd even dunk the ball far better than what he'd done it, you know.
5: Oh man, yeah, no, I, I can't say I watched all of them. though. for fuck's sake, you're you're, you're talking about breaking up your time between the last dance and the fucking... Uh, the song <laughs>
2: oh, see, I actually watched a twelve rounder. By the way, you watched a twelve rounder.
5: There, oh, there's time for that. I've watched it. Oh, listen, we we cover it when the time comes and we've we're giving enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fire, like, um, what's the crack anyway? Any other fights? Anyone watching any other fights this week, or that, from a nostalgia point of view, or anything like that?
0: I watched <laughs> Lennox Lewis against Mike Weaver of all fights. <laughs> Talk,
5: right. Talk about a niche one. I
0: watched
2: uh, Ali against Archie Moore uh, this morning. Good one. Um, well, Moore was washed by that point. Yeah. Badly washed.
5: Uh. I can't remember the day far. That was obviously when he was doing Carl Clay, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I watched the rematch uh, on Saturday. The Antino, uh, Ant- Antonio Cervantes against Nicolino Loche. Uh, one of the rare occasions that Lotti actually got stopped, fight was stopped in a cut that was all cut rule back in them days. You know, if you got cut and the fight was stopped, it was classes as a, a stoppage defeat. I didn't get the points. Mm-hmm. I There's watched- some good
0: interviews with Archie Moore, actually, on YouTube, you know, whenever he's older, back yeah. from the late 80s, early or 90s, or whenever, it, maybe early 80s, but, yeah, it was interesting. But I ended up watching Lewis Weaver because, you know, the way on YouTube, you, you go in and watch, like, one Lewis <clears> fight, <throat> and then all of a sudden, they're fucking hammering you every second with every yeah. thing that Lennox Lewis ever did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that, that was why Weaver popped up, and it was a good finish, although the crowd were booing him at one point. I suppose that was maybe to do with the fact he was always trying to win over the Americans, weren't he?
5: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like I said, I said before a couple of times on the pod, he didn't really find himself um, in the mix at the top level of heavyweights, or in the opinion of boxing writers, until I suppose he went with Manny. But there was a lot of Lennox Lewis detractors in real time in his career, especially early stages. But that's always the case, isn't it? You have to wait. You have to win people over. But and um, um, you know what I've noticed as well this week, I've been doing a lot of thinking about. Who would win in a fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury? And I'm wondering, is there anybody out there, any media outlet out there that could possibly ask any boxers when they're interviewing them who they think might win between
0: <laughs>
5: Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury? Because I don't think there's been one.
2: You no, <laughs> no, it's all quiet on that front. And everybody seems to say, be talking about anything. You know,
5: <laughs> talk about algorithms every fucking day. I've got fucking some Joe Small giving his fucking opinion on who's fucking win between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua.
0: Well, you're being throttled by the Illuminati. You've suddenly gone quiet. I think Coogan, Coogan's got the algorithm strangling you.
2: Oh, <laughs> it might not be Coogan either. They are. <laughs> <laughs> might be hit squad coming in trying to suffocate him. There
0: <laughs> <laughs> might be Coogan related.
5: <laughs> There's a few Brazilian hit squads in Ireland this week. If you're reading the headlines, so maybe some of the boys, send some of the boys to get me right now. <laughs>
0: Well, right, let's move on, Andy. Quick question for you while I ring up guest number two. Matthew Pratt threw it into the chat last week, into the Facebook chat, which I haven't been checking, by the way, uh, which I maybe I should be. But I thought it was a pretty decent question, actually. He said, which fighters, Andy, do you think will be forced to go up in weight due to the lockdown? I can't see Callum Smith staying at super middleweight after this. I think that was that was a pretty yeah, good question for Matthew.
2: That's a good call, actually. I agree. But I mean, everybody's wondering how Smith's been making weight. I mean, ever since Frampton fought Quigg. You know, Tommy put the question to Gallagher, who didn't really like the question. One I would think actually would be Tafimo Lopez, um, and there was one we were discussing last week. Cause um, I have an essay against Josh Kelly. That's not going to happen. I don't think Josh Kelly has definitely got up in weight, so he be going up to is a yeah, light, a light middleweight. I think, mate. Yeah, yeah,
1: light middleweight. So fifty four as well. Because yeah. I never looked at him and thought he was a massive one four seven. Um, maybe what do you think about Taylor?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I will the way he's talking, he's not wanting he's not wanting that mandatory defence, he's wanting the big fights. I think he knows. Um, so I don't know if they can be make make a plea special dispensation that yeah. maybe maybe the IBF mandatory and whoever's Ramirez's mandatory gets the box off and they they, they must fight the winner contractually and uh, yeah, do it that way, I think. But yeah, I I take your point, he could be basically borderline as well.
3: Mm.
1: It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Um, it's tough. It all depends on opportunities as well. I, I think you'll maybe see a boxer take a punt in uh, going up away if but, you know, a certain opportunity is on the line, which may not have presented itself pre-lockdown. Mm-hmm. That's something also to consider as well. Um, I'll be surprised if some... I mean, we've seen one already. Charlie Edwards, Sammy Frank Warren... This week he's going up to Superfly, but there's also yeah, stuff that during the lockdown he might look to compete at bantamweight as well. Um, so I think there's going to be some flexibility from um, certain fighters depending on opportunities. It all depends just what presents it to themselves. Obviously they can't be that picky at the moment with the you know the opponents so limited in who they can bring in and who they can't. As we as we've said before, if you're going to bring somebody from abroad in. Um, unless they're going to do the camp here, it's nigh on impossible to bring them over. It's yeah. uh, very rare you'll see someone. There's only Abenezin actually because he obviously trains with Carl Greaves in Nottingham, who would be a viable opponent at one four seven because he does his full camp here. He's not, you know, he's not affected by a two week um, quarantine period.
2: I would see maybe Errol Spence as well. Um, I think he could be tight. Yeah. And
0: okay boys, thanks very much I'm going to interrupt you here, I hope you don't mind Top MC, Craig Stephen is on the line How are you Craig? I'm um,
6: good thanks Steve, I like that top MC thing
0: Oh yeah, uh, going to give you the, that, the big introduction uh,
6: Yeah, fantastic I'm usually introducing other people Now you're introducing me, it's brilliant
0: I know I'm under pressure here, how are you getting on <laughs> During the lockdown, how's the lockdown treating you? I'm
6: doing okay um, There's nothing else for it I mean I because boxing is is my job. I'm pretty much doing nothing, and have been for I've lost count of the weeks. Is it five weeks now?
0: I don't know. It feels like no, fifty-five Jesus, weeks to me.
6: Five, it's more than
2: five weeks. More <laughs> than five weeks. It's like, for two months. Yeah, you know, to be
6: sixty days, sixty-five so, days or so no, busy. I've been doing a few things. I actually um, taught myself how to spray paint, and I've spray painted it on my car. Front bumper was looking a bit. Bit scuffy, so um, took it off
0: and spoke. <laughs> You've you been getting out in the sunshine.
6: I'm getting out in the sunshine. I'm just doing stuff in the garden. Um, I've done a thing for the IBF. I should have been in Long Beach. Um, not last week. The week before last, doing the IBF convention. I do the I host the um, the awards part of it. Mm-hmm. So instead, we've done it by video, but the video has not been released yet, so um, I had a big lockdown beard, I'm clean-shaven now, I, I started growing a beard, um, kept it for about five weeks, I ended up looking like James Coswell, the actor, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> I've got that on the video, I don't know when it's coming out, but it'll come
0: something. someday. To look, yeah, to... No, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah. Just going back to the start then, you mentioned about boxing being your job, obviously. You used to do a bit of ice hockey. How did you first get into the boxing?
6: I did ice hockey because my kids played. Uh, I mean, my my boys are now in their 30s, but when they were like 10 or less, they started playing ice hockey. I was in Manchester one week for a few days and there was a big game on at the arena. Uh, I just heard it on the radio and I thought, you know, beat sitting in a hotel. So I went along. And the best part of the night for me was the announcer. The guy was absolutely brilliant. He had official stuff that he had to do, you know, like goals and penalties and things like that. But he just was great to the crowd. So I thought, when the kids have games, I'm going to do that at the kids' game. So that's how I started. I just started doing it for my my, my boys' ice hockey team. Um, that led me to get employed by the Five Fires, who are a professional ice hockey team. And that's where I met a boxing promoter, a guy called Stevie Maguire. He got me into boxing.
0: Is that Stevie Maguire whose son used to box at Light Heavyweight?
6: Yes. Yes, that's the Stevie Maguire that live on a sky show walked away from his corner. Do you remember that?
0: I don't. I remember him fighting Brian McGee on ITV. I don't remember the one you're saying, though. Um,
6: It was big Brian McGee, but I think this time he was fighting a guy from Wales. And um, big Stevie was giving him instruction and he wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) So Stevie just ended up go like that with like himself <laughs> and walked away his Skype panned to him, sitting in the corner. He, he just told somebody else to look after him. But Stevie's a great guy. So he um, he ran the door at the ice hockey. He ran the sort of, the, the you know, the steady steady kind of thing. Yeah. And just one day I was there and he said, I've got a boxing show next weekend. You could be the MC. I was like, Stevie, you yeah, know, I like boxing, but I don't know much about it. What do you need to know? He said, um, can I swear in this? Yeah, yeah. In this podcast. yeah. He said, Don't you know fuck all? You're just shouting out a couple of names. And I thought, Right, okay, suppose so. And I went along and did this small amateur show in a working men's club and absolutely loved it. Um and there was other clubs there obviously as opposition. And I had um, a guy called um, Rab McEwen, Craig McEwen.
0: Remember Craig McEwen? Remember we, we, we had Andy Leon recently, and who fought Craig oh, McEwen? Yeah, yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. right. Okay. Um, well, Craig's dad has a boxing club in in Edinburgh, and he was there as one of the opposition. And he said, "Oh, you're great at this." He said, and it just snowballed. So it was just totally out of the blue. As I say, I liked boxing, but. I wasn't, like, you know, a student of the game. Um, so I just basically fell into it. Um, and I'm glad I did, because I absolutely love it. It's taken me around the world. I, I just rather, like enjoy doing it.
0: So whenever you're preparing for a show, I imagine there's a lot of box wrecking involved, is there?
6: Lots of box wrecking. Um, if it wasn't for box wrecking, I'd be lost. Um, I mean, it takes me... If I'm doing a big show, I'll probably get the card maybe about a week in advance. Some things might change, but basically, I do all my prep, um, all the stats, write like them all down, and I go completely prepared. Um, if you, you know, if you don't, you're lost. Um, anybody that says they've got it in their head, it's a liar because not.
0: And when it comes to MC, and I've seen you talking to the big man himself, Michael Buffer, on the stage, do you look up to people like Buffer, Jimmy Lennon Jr.? Um,
6: yeah, Buffer, definitely. I mean, Jimmy, I've never met Jimmy. Um, I've heard he's the nicest guy in the world. Uh, I, I I worked with Michael a lot when I was doing a lot of stuff in matching a couple of years ago. That all pretty much came to a pretty abrupt end when, when the zone started. Hmm because um, they wanted to bring over the other guy, that, uh, uh, David De Montaigne. Mm-hmm. So that was it for me. But in a couple of years prior to that, I was working to Michael every, every other month, sometimes twice a month. And I have a great deal of respect for him. I love what he does. And it's absolutely no problem. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, you're doing the whole night, and then you've got to step aside from Michael Buffer. So what? He's Michael Buffer. It didn't make any odds. You know, I get the same money whether Michael was there or whether Michael wasn't there. And I suppose, truth be told, yes, I would rather do the main event. But to step aside for him, you know, it's, it's like the guy's a legend. So it was never a problem. He's a great guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the best atmospheres you've been involved in over the years?
6: Oh, there's loads. Um, I mean, to be fair, some of the best atmospheres are... Do you ever go to any amateur shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the best atmospheres are the amateur shows. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all 50-50 fights. Um, I mean, the officials make sure that uh, before that, everybody's card gets scrutinised, and there are absolutely no mismatches. And every guy goes in thinking he can win. So, some of the best atmospheres are the small, the, the small amateur shows, but as far as big events, probably one of the best atmospheres was Frampton
0: um, at the Titanic when they built a stadium for him. Oh, outdoors. yeah, I was at that, yeah.
6: Was it not freezing? Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> I mean, luckily the rain stopped, uh, or the rain didn't start, but the rain stayed off. That's right. But... Um, what an electric atmosphere that was. That was just absolutely phenomenal. To be fair, all the Frampton fights were phenomenal atmospheres. But there's just too many to really single any out. Um, UK boxing has fantastic atmosphere no matter where you go.
0: Yeah, the Frampton ones were good in the Odyssey too because you had the roof sort of keeping it in.
6: Oh, it was loud. I remember the first one that I did in the Odyssey and Normally you would go as the announcer, you know, the main event happens maybe about 10, 15 minutes after the last fight stops. Mm. And then you'll, producer will say, right, okay, we're good to go in two or three minutes. So you step into the ring and you go into the middle and most times there's no reaction. But as soon as I stepped into the ring and went to the middle, the crowd just went absolutely berserk. Not for me, but because they thought, right, that's it, it starts now. And it wasn't starting for about four or five minutes. So I kinda learned after that on the Frampton fights, don't step into the ring until literally ten seconds before you're ready to go. Yeah. Because the crowd have just got focus on the ring. Um, but yeah, the Odyssey was great, but the outdoor one was, was special. It was really special.
0: Yeah, it was a great night indeed. Just final one for you then, Craig. What about the state of Scottish boxing? You've obviously got Josh Taylor as the standard so, bearer. Lee McGregor, absolutely... Cash Farouk. Yeah, Lee McGregor, Cash Farouk. Um, I mean,
6: it's, it, that was a strange one for me because I know both the guys really, really well. I've actually known Lee longer than I've known Cash because mm-hmm. Lee's been about longer than Cash. Um, but I work for Ian Wilson, who's Cash's promoter. I wasn't involved in that fight because it was an MTK fight. Mm-hmm um but people are still talking about that one who won who didn't win um it was a great fight it was an absolutely great fight and i i hope the guys can do it again sometime but scottish boxing it's it's not as bouncing as you as uk boxing but it's it's still for a small country um it's still doing well
0: you know it still does well yeah doing, so yeah. hopefully when we come back
6: um it will uh, it'll kick off again.
0: Well, I hope so. That's the final thing for you then. I mean, uh, what about when we're coming back? Have you had any word? Anyone been on the phone?
6: Uh, I've spoken to Francis Warren a couple of weeks ago. There's a possibility when, when the BT thing starts, um, you know, in hopefully July, stroke August, but I'm allowed to have a ring announcer there. So, I just don't know. Just don't know. Just wait to see what happens.
0: Absolutely, we're all waiting for it to come back Craig, appreciate you giving up time on your Sunday evening Get back at no, it, no, sir no, Pleasure Thanks for joining us All, this, all, this all the best, cheers, cheers. bye-bye now bye Thank bye, you, bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 Craig Stephen there, Andy Friend of yours Doing the old announcing He's a good guy, yeah. Craig Spoke to him on a few occasions outside of the ring
2: Yeah, I bumped into him actually I remember at the time uh, we were over in Belfast For the the, uh, the frampton Gutierrez fight At the end we getting called off I forget where we were actually, but you know, the phone starts going off, you know, get yourself back to the centre and there's, 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 there's fucking problems, fights off and that. I'm like, fuck off. So the time I get back to the pub and that, I'm, I bump into Craig Stephen, who's outside, I don't know if he, if he still does, but that time he still smoked. So just sitting there chewing the fact was meant to work, the, work that card that night. So, um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good announcer and stuff. Uh, I, I really like him. Um, very down-to-earth guy, very hospitable, very open. Very honest as well, so yeah, it was good for him to come on as well. Good to hear from him.
1: It's a shame that the zone essentially got him potted from Sky because I agree with you on the I think he comes across really well. Uh, and for essentially the new TV deal to come in, and they basically said we want our guy, it's a bit of a shame that. Um, but obviously, what's going to be interesting now is that both Sky and BT do use American. MCs at the moment, Now they're not going to be able to come over. So it might open the door again for the likes of Craig, who mentioned then he spoke with Francis Warren. So we may be seeing a lot more of him, you know, sooner than we think, which is good. Um, like I said, he still does a lot of work for Cyclone when they occasionally put on shows as well. I think is he their designated MC as well?
2: Who's who's yeah, the BT? A... Who's the BT MC again? The American one, Thomas Triber. He's awful. He is fucking awful. He's their Channel Five shows.
1: Did he? I He's,
0: never knew he used to do Channel he 5. He used to do he
2: mix did, shows back in the day. He did Tyson Fury. Fury? He, did, he, did the, he did the early Fury fights, aye, on Channel 5. And he did the ESPN stuff for, for a wee bit, you know, the Friday night fights and stuff.
1: Yeah, I knew he did ESPN stuff. I Tyson Fury!
2: Yeah, that's him, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah so yeah, it just um, it doesn't over-egg it. Like. He's a really good guy.
0: Talking to good guys. Gabe's on the call. How are you sounding, Gabe? Keeping well?
4: Yeah, buddy. How you doing? I'm very well, actually.
0: What about life in Texas? Have you seen Dr. Joseph Jo knocking about lately?
4: <laughs> no, I certainly haven't. Uh, but I think I might reach out to him and see if we can. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't drink much, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe we can go out for some coffee and discuss the finer points of... Uh, of uh, AJ and, and some technique and, and some things that he might have that could help AJ out. Maybe we could tweet that video and uh, provide some help for the champ.
0: Good videos from the doctor coming at you. Yeah, episode 365, 375 even. I'm about 10 behind me here. The Boxing Asylum Notes podcast. You just heard from Gabe jumping in with us, Andy, Rob Kelly and Ozzy. One thing, Andy, that's been rearing its ugly head on Twitter the last week or so is a uh, hashtag Ray Popwatch. Didn't realize Ray Pop was back amongst us. Do you remember this? this yeah, uh, I remember character. Him. he seems to be back again.
2: He's, well, I, I don't know. I'm blocked by him. I, I got blocked and way back. <laughs> way back. So I don't know what he's at. I know he likes to get a non-suboot Twitter and that. about the is it young Bella, I think I remember. <laughs> yeah. From like 15, 16-year-olds. I mean, he's definitely a jailbait, that guy. Um, I don't know who is he by the way. He's somebody who is
0: connected to boxing. What, what does he do? He used to provide the videos to people like Harold Shadow Knight. He used to be in uh, Lennox Lewis's corner. He is, so he is well connected.
2: Right. Okay. Um, I, he did provide the videos to people. Uh-huh. I, I've got no idea what he does. I mean, if he's like, if he's like, since collecting copies, that like, you can only imagine what's in his collection. You know, like, anybody, like Michael <laughs> Jackson type stuff. You know, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I'm blocked by him. I'm sure everybody else is as well. Um, but he's quite hes quite the individual. Being hounded down by Riddick Bow, I think old oh, Riddick was going after him at one point. Oh, anyway, let's move.
2: Well, daddy's <laughs> going after to, you know, you know you've, you've, you've filled your life, you know.
0: Uh, right, we'll be going on shortly. <laughs> to... If a blind lad was looking for you. as <laughs> long as he's not talking to you. Doesn't sound too good. Does he rob Riddick these days? No, 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 I don't think so. boy, Riddick. Poor, of a dick indeed. Yeah, We'll be going on to the light middleweight tournament soon. Also looking up Saul Farah, doing a few other bits and pieces. Before we do so, let's get to the questions from the people. Um, I uh, nearly laughed at Liam Wynn for throwing in this question, but he, he said, get it asked, lad. It's a serious question. So I've been told, Gabe, we might go around the boys here, but let's get to you first. Liam Wynn on the Facebook page said, question for the pod. Would Floyd have beaten Kovalev and Triple G with everyone being in their primes? So uh, there's one for you Gabe would Floyd have beaten Kovalev and triple G with everyone being in their primes
4: <laughs> what a stupid question <laughs> um I, I mean look I Floyd was such a great fighter let's let's just let's just humor the question for a second if Floyd was to fight Kovalev notice the weight discrepancy uh because I don't think Floyd ever fought at 154. He or, or at that weight limit, he's never actually really... We good? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Gabe. So, um,
0: what was he, what are you doing? The fucking sound effects or what? I was jumping in to try and back your point up. You thought that a prime Kovalev against Floyd, exactly. How are we going to get the catch weight for a start? Because I mean, I know Canelo did it, as Liam made the point but he started off at welterweight, had a bit of a frame that he could stock out up to light heavyweight, beat a destroyed version of Kovalev, raise Kovalev from destroyed version to prime, and then think about the facts. Floyd was down at 130, and then it's an ho- entirely different proposition. What the fuck is going on?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's so far off, I can't even really imagine putting them together. But I mean, if we were on some imaginary planet where where weight classes were even, you know, the the... the technique and style of Mayweather would would absolutely supersede that of of Kovalev so in my opinion there's no opinion that makes any sense because the question's asked nine uh but sure floyd
0: any opinions Andy what are you thinking
4: what was the question mate
0: would floyd have beaten kovalev or triple g with everyone being in their primes of what weight? I don't
2: know. Well, that's exactly. what I was just saying. I mean, how you know Floyd started well, up at one thirty. No, I mean it's just not going to harm. I mean, look, I'm not. In the day, Floyd only Floyd would beat himself. And that's that's the way. I mean, he could easily man- maneuver a bit against Golovkin. I suppose Golovkin kind of he, he cut off the ring, but he kind of plodded forward, and you know, could when we see Floyd kind of get on his bike and stuff. But you know, you go up against guys like these. You know, it just takes one one dig. You know, my Maidana had him on toast for like however long, but like like, like 30 seconds and that, you hurt them bad with that right hand in the first fight, you just think that if like so Kovalev and Golovkin were to land one of their right hand shots and stuff Floyd might probably go but it's hard to say but at the end of the day I mean we've never seen Floyd fight guys big guys, you know, or either guys, big guys in their prime shall we say um, I don't think um, I think off the top of my head Oscar was past his prime, I think, uh, light middle. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think he beats them. I, I think he, ca- he causes him problems. That he certainly would, he would I think he would cause both of them a bit of a problem in that, but I think size of these guys at the end of the day is going to wear them down. And uh, yeah, I mean, some some people will, will, will bat for Floyd. I don't know, but you think Rob?
5: I think he's not he's not that far away at the one at one fifty-five. If he had a had if it had a Golovkin at one fifty-five, Golovkin's on a small side for the middleweight, so I would say that would have been an absolute fucking fantastic fight at one fifty-five. Prime Floyd Mayweather, prime Golovkin, one fifty-five—I'd be here for it. Um, the Kovalev thing is fucking nonsensical, man. You're One hundred seventy-five pounds—you want him to fucking? Who would have wanted you to fought a welterweight? You fuck off with you. What are you talking about, like? This fucking question is mental. Like, who? Why did Kovalev get brought into it? Like Golovkin versus Floyd, I can understand. Fucking Floyd versus Kovalev. Well, who would have won if Floyd had fought <laughs> Floyd in his prime? Fuck well, off, this,
2: yeah. this, this, this <laughs> is the thing. I always say that I mean you, you think about that right hand that Kovalev landed on Ward in the first fight. He didn't land full extension, but he still dropped him. him and out. can you imagine if if that was Floyd? I mean, he's a wee guy. I mean, look at him against. You know. No,
1: there's absolutely no
2: chance. Wasn't it? Wasn't a
1: 78 pounder
5: either? Like he was fucking fighting at 75 before he was aye. at 88, wasn't he? Like soft good hell
1: There's absolutely no chance, as you say. It's just size. 25. So say go uh, Mayweather's heaviest was around 150. 25 pound difference there, and that's Pope pre-weighting. See, so say you put a few pounds on Mayweather as well, he'd fucking kill him, Cabello. So he's a dis he was a destruct. he is a destructive puncher at light heavyweight. We're talking about a guy toying around with a bloody one four seven. That is just not regardless of how good Mayweather it is, as you say, size counts ultimately. We're not talking like a fucking down and out one seven five. Kovalev uh in his prime was a very, very good fighter. The,
2: the, the other thing as well is, you know, See these fights were to happen with Floyd's hand problems. There's no way he's getting the respect of those guys. It says it's, it's it's like it's like bee stings and out, out of distance jab. Well, he's trying to maneuver. He's trying to tie up. He's trying to bounce off the ropes with maybe a, a jab to the body or a you know shoulder roll, come up with an uppercut and that, and just basically. Think, but you'd think these guys would just wear them in the end. You, I would think. Yeah, CMB in the chat
0: saying. I remember Silak outboxing Kovalev for a round. It pretty much was a round, and then bang, and Kovalev sort of did the dance over him. I think they had a bit of beef them too, did didn't they? Silak and Kovalev. Maybe back to the amateur days. I think Silak oh, might be yeah. beating him.
2: I think so. But he, 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 I remember he knocked him out. Actually, he did that kind of sneering thing, Kovalev. <laughs> yeah. so you fucked.
5: He was a fucking killer back then, man. Who the fuck wanted to fight Kovalev at that, after that fight, man? He was, he was the
0: business back then, wasn't he? Like,
2: I bet Chuck was going on about fucking Cabbage Stevenson in the chat anyway.
0: I haven't seen who actually. Yeah, he was in I'm there, f- I'm sure. Oh, was he? I'm sure he was. Let's see, hang yeah. on, if we can get him I, I fell
2: asleep. I was going to say, put my fellas asleep again. I, I fell asleep. asleep.
0: There we go. Right, let's uh, move on to our next feature. Hopefully everybody's ready for this one. If you know any boxing good guys in the chat, then throw them in, because we're going to play top five boxing good guys who do you reckon could feature in this list, Andy? Top five boxing good guys, celebrating the good guys in boxing. Who would you have?
2: Good guys like all round, you know. Good, all round, good. good
0: good fellas, good good for the sport.
2: Michael Kessler. Michael Kessler. Um, yeah, he's a good. Never guy. heard anybody say a bad word about that guy. Not
0: one. Good old on Michael Kessler. Let's see if we can find a few boxing good guys. Then coming in at number five, Robbie. You might like this one. Boxing good guy number one, Tim Witherspoon. Terrible team, great fighter back in the day.
5: One of the, one of the nicest guys of all time, I heard. One of, one of the greatest guys ever.
0: Good lad indeed, Tim, coming in at number five there. Let's move on to our number four. Aussie. what about number four? Can't say a bad word about this fella. It's the man himself, Dave Caldwell. Boxing good guy number four. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Where did <laughs> that come from? Definitely, I agree with you, Steve. Top,
5: top quality guy, Caldwell. Who else have we got?
1: Well, I abstain, abstain from commenting on this
2: one. Yeah, I'm the same, Steve. They come number with, with Cobble.
1: <laughs> Former <laughs> podcast
0: Richard Poxon. Gabe's a big fan.
5: A one guy, that guy, top quality. Everyone all that. Everybody says that about him. Absolutely a gentleman.
0: Good lad. Um, let's have a look. See if the chat. Ricky Burns. Nah, no. John Ryder. Yeah, yeah I can sort of Rick- see where you're coming from. Ricky Burns is a top lad. He's always a gentleman. <laughs> Is he a more top of top lad than number two though? That's the question, Aussie. Who's who's number two? It's only Steffi Ball. Coming in at number two, all top top five boxing good guys.
2: I've just realised what you're doing here, by the <laughs> way. I've just realised what you're fucking doing. You can't.
0: <laughs> Wait till number one hits hit you. Here we fucking be.
2: go. Let me see it. How much Eddie, by the
0: way. It. It's only the man himself. Top five boxing good guys. Hang on. Let's let's on. create the suspense by bringing up the little meme again. Bean oh, it's only the man himself. Oh, it's only yeah. The man himself. Here, hang on, let's have a look what we got here for. There we go. Good old bean yes, doing great Look at bean that break. hair! Look at that hair,
2: man! Looks like he's been shanked in the fucking pub car park with that hair, dude, man! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Holy fuck! <laughs> 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 I knew you were up to something by the way. That, that third name got me suspicious. That second one I was like, I, I fucking know what you're doing here. And that just confirmed it.
0: <laughs> it's all about having a laugh, isn't it?
2: You're a hater! Uh, he'll be raging about that. <laughs> I'm getting messages about that already, man. What the fuck? He lost a guy. <laughs>
1: He loves laugh. a good
0: laugh. He loves a good oh.
2: laugh. Sponsored by sponsored by Innovation Alloys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll pull stilts. In. Good man, good man. We're starting to laugh in the chat. He knows. He knows the score with the boys. Well, let's get rid of me. I'm, I'm starting to get a bit creeped out looking at being here. What else can we put on? It's, um what about this review? We got on iTunes the other day, let's bring it up, shall we? There we go. What do you think bean. about that, Andy? These are the type of reviews we're getting.
2: Yes, I remember seeing that one, actually. you know, you know All news is good news. Um... Evening, Ed. Hi, Edward. Reviews hope or... on our podcast, Eddie, when you were a <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: or, or Frank <laughs> Smith. It's Frank what is, Smith, it? It was, what, um, what episode was
0: off? Frank Smith oh, that was, was from a few months ago. that I can't remember. Oh, was it? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I so wait was
2: to it, boys.
1: We're not. we've barely said anything recently for uh, a while.
0: No, we're good. we the boxing. We should be in the boxing good guys list. I think there you go. A lot of time and thought went into that one. Right. So, what should we do next then, lads? I shall go to your better judgment. Should we go to the light heavyweight, t- uh, light middleweight tournament? Sorry, or should we go on to Soulfire? I'll leave it with you guys. What do you reckon?
2: <laughs> I, 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 I think we should get the Sol Farah stuff Out there because it's a two hour podcast If you leave Sol Farah close to the end We'll be fucking sleeping by that point so We'll speaking oh, about this career yeah.
0: Need to get it out of the system
2: Yeah we get to
0: Okay right So Ozzy first of all you tell us what you've been watching this week then, And I'll try and bring a bit of Saul Farah action up Now you know my internet's like So if this goes shit you may just tell me And I'll unshare the screen um, So let's see if we can get Saul. Where is he? There he is good to go Right, Ozzy, you go ahead and uh, tell me what you've seen of Soul. So, been a busy
1: week. So, various fights involving Seoul Farah against Cesar Mamani. he boxed four times In sort of car parks and uh, various other areas and things like that. I then, uh, basically under the orders of uh, Andrew Patterson, sat down and watched a 12-rounder against Ronald Johnson in... Uh, the Philip, I think it was in the Philippines, where Farrah was dropped in the first, twice, fall back in the second, and hurt Johnson. And then, whilst he lost the fight, was wrongfully jobbed on the cards because Carlos Costa didn't give Saul Farrah a round, which uh, I actually disagreed with. Uh, saw him refereeing. We know he's a man of many talents, so there is uh, there is videos on Saul Farrah's official YouTube channel of him refereeing, where he's in. Um, like a suit, and he's barely watching the fight, doesn't really care. Uh, and I believe he's also got some favourable judges, which Andy will be able to talk about as well. But no, um, it was certainly an experience researching the former number one Bolivian heavyweight because he's been knocked off top spot now. And he's the a 30, champion as well. Yep, yeah, the 37-year-old Farrah has been outdone by Elvis Verestegui Torico. He's forty-six. He's 8-0 with 8 KOs. And he oh. last boxed in March 2019, where he defeated the dangerous Ruben Jesus, Pone, <laughs> point was 0-9. So, yeah, and a, a busy week watching Bolivian boxing. And Saul Farah on the road as well. He has got to some uh, interesting places for sure. China, mm. Russia, Germany, also. Um, Oh, Dominican Republic, all sorts of places. Never yet to see
0: him in the UK, though. Not yet, Andy. Not yet.
2: Uh, well, uh, didn't he give uh, uh, even Edward uh, Eddie, any, any thoughts to kind of bring this guy over? Because this is, he, he's got the physical attributes. I mean, he's listed as 5'10". Bullshit. But he's actually got one arm longer than the other. He's right, his right arm. So if he was a, <laughs> a southpaw, if he was a southpaw, he would be tremendous. That spear jab would be tremendous, you know. But he would he would probably fall short with the left hand because obviously it's three inches shorter than than the right, you know. So plus he's no neck, so it should it should it should hold the punch pretty well, you know, because he uh, will take the, the shock absorbing pretty quick. But yes, yeah, cheers for that Aussie. I mean, it's, it's, this has been a real experience for me that. I mean, I've been studying Evan Valero to salt far in the space of twelve <laughs> hours. It's it's been a pleasure. Uh, so let's just let's just uh, mention it as I say he's, he's listed as five foot ten on, on BoxRec. So far my whole my rim is on fire at the thought of that that, that bullshit. that's lies. I'm five foot ten and my shoulders go above the top top rope of, of, of a boxing ring, and his basically barely even meets it. So I'm saying he's five eight at a push. And if you go and watch so far against Adrian Granat, the Swedish heavyweight. You would think he was fighting a fucking a dwarf the size of this guy. He, he, he took a dive in that fight as well. Must I, may, may I say? He
5: but, yes, he did. Yes, he, he fucking did. did. Because that's God. the only one I ever really watched. The one that sent me last week. The fucking <laughs> one when I was over in Russia. I thought for the oh. first few seconds. I was watching the fight with the lads on, on air before the before the pod last week. I said for the first time. I said, Jesus Christ, Saul Fire has some hands. Oh my God! Fuck <laughs> okay, so, yeah. oh. yes, him.
2: See this fight that Steve's actually actually broadcasting over the YouTube chat at the minute. This is actually taking place in a car park. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 telling you right now, Jen, they're like using this. headlights to light the ring.
1: You yep. can see the plastic
5: chair underneath the fucking ring.
2: Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> this this, this <laughs> took place this took this took place true story, this took place at the As Asacion Benenia del Boxeo and Trendar, Bolivia. And it actually took place in the car park next to a set of fucking lampposts with no lights in them. Hence the reason why they're sitting with the, car park, right, and, uh, with, with the car lights on. This guy is incredible. I mean, he's got 71 wins, 25 losses, and 3 draws, 62 knockouts. Now, I did my fucking research, so you're going to get the information here coming, and I'm going to get to you with great pleasure. This guy has had 99 fights as of the 27th of May, 2020, for years truly, actually checking him out. He's had 60, 61 of those fights have happened against the same 22 fighters. He has fought these 22 fighters more than one time. So he's got fought David Gutierrez three times. He went 0 2 and 1. Walter Melgar four times. 3 0 and 1. One draw, one knockout. Antonio Salas times two. 2 0. Oh. Carlos Castedo times two. 2 0. Oh, two no- knockouts. Difference is these fights actually happened six years apart. Mr. Castedo actually had the uh, two fights at the point. In the time the rematch happened six years later, they'd only had one fight in six years. Uh, Omar Salas times two, I mentioned that. Carlos Moya two, uh, times two, two and no, oh, two knockouts, nine years apart between the both fights. Jose and Amponte Cantuti times four, four and no, four knockouts. Carmelo Rosa or Roca, I think it is, times four, four and no, four knockouts. L- I love this fucking name, by the way. Lumber like Ivan Gary is times two, two and oh, two knockouts. Manuel Hurtado, three times, three and oh, three knockouts. Uh, John Oqueta Popeye, love that name, times two, two and oh, one knockout. Uh, Gwede Santana, three times he fought him, three, three and oh, two knockouts. Fernando Vega, times two, two and oh, two knockouts. Rosendo Mercado, seven times, seven and oh, six knockouts. And he had the great pleasure. Mr. Mercado of actually judging a Saul Farah fight in the future. Uh, Isidand, uh Tababari, he fought him five times, 5 and 0, uh, three in. knockouts. Rafael Zambano Love, times two, he uh, actually lost both fights. Uh, Romaldo Rivera, times two. 2 knockouts. Bernardo Fernandez times 2, 2 knockouts. Jose Rodriguez times 2, 2-0, 2 knockouts. Ervin Vargas times 2, 2-0, 2 knockouts. Eddie Salvatere times 2, 2-0, 2 knockouts. And Cesar Mamani times 4, 4-0 and and 4 knockouts. That gentleman is 22 fighters that Saul Farah has fought 61 times in 99 fights. That gentleman as a fucking deplorable career. That's shit. I I, I didn't want to see him again.
1: Well, mate, we, we know uh, we know the powers that be high up at sky and their promotional outfit. Do listen in. So who knows? Uh, we may well be seeing Saul Farrah when lockdown ends on a plane. I mean, I can see it now. Alan against Farrah, Donny Dome, Sky bigging it up. The the experienced Farrah coming over with what is it? 71 wins in a 16 year fight career. It has all been
2: 60 really. knockouts. I mean, that guy's a yeah. banger, man. I mean, seriously, it's Edwin Valero levels power. power,
1: yeah. Ferocious power, um, uses his weight well. Him and him and Dave Allen get on well, really. Won't they? Big bellies, uh, no real form of defense, so yeah, sounds uh. Sounds a tremendous fight. One I definitely want to see anyway. I think we can all make the trip there if Farah ever makes the. Uh, gets on a plane to the UK.
0: Let's uh, bring in the boys, see what they're thinking. This is another fight between Seoul and I think Cesar Mamani. This is in a different location. Looks like some kind of basketball centre, Rob. What's your feeling so far? No, the thing is, you can tell that Mamani doesn't want to engage. He's felt that power before. He's been knocked out by Seoul before, probably about 28 times by this point. <laughs> yeah.
5: It's um, a lot of good techniques there. I can see it kind of shades of uh, the first no retreat, no surrender with the ring set up. Um, and I wish one of them would have retreated or surrendered. So awesome. Absolutely. Right. I can't, like, I know I know we have kind of running jokes on the pod and we have kind of a cult following in this land of third, but the Solfire thing for me, after actually watching him fight, it was way funnier to me hearing about his fights rather than watching him and fuck when you have to see him. <laughs> Fucking shocking, isn't it? Oh my god, Where I don't know. I mean, is this his main earner or is he just a huge boxing fan? That's the question I want to know the answer to. They, seem, this-
2: be, they seem to be all involved, hey, mate. I mean, this this is yeah. involved with the promoting and the refereeing and judging, and so far, it does. Uh, talk about nepotism, probably. Uh, it's fine, it's probably more related these bastards, by the way. And I like it
5: it be- they just really love boxing and they want to kind of do something and give something back. And they are giving back is having fights in basketball arenas when there's six people at the front of the ring. <laughs> I don't understand it. I tell you what they're doing, wanted... Rob,
0: what they're what they're doing is Rob sorry to interrupt you that he's getting him a few wins. Then he goes on the road for a payday because he's coming off the back of four or five wins. Yeah. He then goes back to Bolivia, beats these dickheads, then he's coming back off four or five wins somewhere else, you know,
5: yeah, I tell yeah. you whoever's making the short, she's on a fucking bino because she's <laughs> there's some material going into them two fucking ring sharks <laughs> really?
1: but. But in, in all of Steve's right, though. I mean, his last fight was against Christian Hammer. I mean, what the fuck is Christian Hammer even entertaining Saul Farrer for? Fuck me. I know you're coming off a loss against Luis Ortiz, but bloody hell. You can get someone better than Saul
0: Farrow. Jesus Christ. Well, you're right. let Gabe. You know, what do you think, Gabe? What about that right uppercut from Saul? People ain't talk. talking. People sleeping on that.
2: You don't want that smoke, baby. <laughs> you coming for all that smoke. Any, any what hell, a
4: bunch just
2: like, of nonsense. I mean, that's Dylan White's next opponent, by the way. You know, another fighter who doesn't speak English he's going to knock back, you know, because he's scared of that
0: power. 60 knockouts. Fucking hell. Even Is that Judy Fitzgerald getting in the ring? I think I saw Judy Fitzgerald getting in the ring there. Is it? Doing a ring card, girl. Well, oh, fucking hell. There's something I would want. Like.
2: Like
1: Fucking <laughs> hell!
2: <laughs> it's like come on, Gabe. That, I remember Alice Morris come out with this comment and stuff like that. He, it's like watching someone actually hook a child's nappy in a and one of these anti-stink bags. You hang it on a fucking branch and you punch fuck at it until it actually explodes and stuff like that. That's how <laughs> he shite... said that a bit
0: didn't they, David? Yeah. <laughs> That's how shit
2: this is, by the way. Honestly, cuz
0: Come on, Gabe. What do you think? This is great for the podcast listeners during the week who won't be able to see this.
4: <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I don't know. You guys have said everything that needs to be said already. I don't think anything I add is going to bring any value to the fucking fact that we're sitting here watching this shit. I do like watching the a okay, do you guys minutes like guys while they're while like while we're on the pod, so we can, you know, actively describe what's happening and seeing what's going on. Steve, you may have to start doing a highlight for each fight that we review on the show every week.
0: Yeah, I could just see me starting to do that. I do that Tuesday <laughs> evening in between 9 and half 9 when I've got nothing else on. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm doing the timestamps.
4: <laughs> yeah, don't forget the
0: fucking timestamps. <laughs> Hopefully YouTube doesn't ban us for this soul action. Uh, quick, although oh, he's been called off, Aussie. Quick word on the Ron Johnson fight? Uh,
1: yeah, for anyone who was considering watching it, don't. It's awful.
2: <laughs> yeah, I should watch the 12 rounds. I, I, yeah, listen, I wasn't expecting you to watch me. I just dared you to see if you'd actually go and do it, and you fucking did. <laughs> I,
1: I can't say I uh, analysed it round for round, but fuck me. It, was, it, was quite, it wasn't a bad setup, actually. It was quite funny, but what I have no idea why it ended up in the Philippines because zero of them, neither fighter has any connection to the area whatsoever. Um, he's a bottle job. Farrah, he gets punched and he dropped, he gets dropped. He just goes to the floor like a sack of spuds. He just doesn't care whatsoever. Um, he then realized that this Ron Johnson was actually awful. So he threw a few shots back at him. Uh, but yeah, we're, it was never in the fight. But yeah, uh, did if you, you, if did you, know you that, fall, watch it. Otherwise, did you not say that? Did
2: you not say, you know say that he dropped that round with Johnson and then he didn't even get credited with in the scorecard <laughs> or something?
1: That. no, he nearly did. He buckled Johnson's legs.
2: Yeah, but uh, that still should be considered. Like he won the round, for example. You know, if you hurt yeah, someone, should,
1: yeah, no, hundred percent. For on one of the cards, he didn't win a round, and that was wrong. To be fair, so look, maybe Farah's losses. We're just he's been the victim of dodgy stoppages? Yeah,
2: we need, we need a rematch to, to yeah, determine that one night
1: Rematch? What was it What? What, what was the uh, headline? Steve, the Ronald Johnson fight, Thriller in Daval. yeah, yeah. Thriller in I think we want to see the rematch.
2: But I, I think Eddie would do pretty well getting this on at his ex- Essex Mansion with Dave Allen. You know the the, the Essex <laughs> the, a- the Essex Exhibition. it be fantastic to watch that. I think. I've Dave done Allen. it all headlining a card. Cheers, Donny. Uh, <laughs> you know. So aye, aye it'll be. It'll be interesting to see if he's headlining a card in the UK at some point.
0: Excellent stuff. Right, boys, I'm not sure who we are going to be doing next week, so I should leave it in the hands this week of our good chat. You've got 10 minutes from now until 25 past nine. Throw names in of potential fights, and then we'll pick one at the end of the night for us to review for next week. Only serious ones now. I mean, you've seen from those soul for fights. We don't fuck about here. Only serious mm-hmm. fights, please. Throw them into the chat. Any recommendations? Any suggestions? And we'll try and pick one up for next week. Whichever fight we're going to watch. Andy's still here with us. So is Rob Kelly, Ozzy, and Gabe. We're going on to Bell of the weeks later on. I think I have a couple. I have a question from Danny Young. We'll either do that tonight or next week. I'm Maybe have a bit of a chat straight about the zone. There's Rob Kelly getting stuck in. What is it, Rob? And he's gone. That was his final words, Rob. There, just before he got murdered brutally in the field. He's gone, everybody. Did you hear what he said, Andy?
2: I never heard them. I think you were talking at times, so maybe you know, over yeah. over topic, so I never really heard what he said.
0: Not to worry. We'll get Rob back on as soon as we can. Let's get on to the light middleweights then for this week. Jason Chukwu did throw some names in this morning. I already have a little let
2: list. gears names for fucking this type of topic, by the <laughs> way. Fuck's sake! What was one of the names he put in there again?
0: He did try to uh, sneak old Corey Spinks in again um, into oh. his uh, honourable mentions.
2: I've actually got the crawls just thinking about fucking Corey Spinks, man. Jesus Christ. But did you know put in Simon Brown? And, yeah. And uh, um, uh, Felix Tredad at 154. I mean, fuck's sake.
0: We've got no Rob. Aussie's BRB. He doesn't want the smoke. So down to Gabe and Andy at the moment for our light like, middleweight tournament. Maybe the guys in the chat. should we involve the guys in the chat? Maybe we see what they have to say, Andy. Maybe see if our decisions are um, our decisions are correct. Do you think that would be a wise move, or should we just keep them down there? I don't the know.
2: Bench? I mean, to be honest, I'm looking at the chat, and that. It's full of casuals. To be honest with you, maybe maybe get porky on, and i will love to hear his kind of breakdown as to how Julio uh, uh, says our Vasquez is uh, is you know basically worthy of taking part in this tournament over Keith Mullings. There's some
0: good guys knocking about Keith Mullings for. I mean, there's no from the past against Terry Norris. Um, uh, MB knows his stuff. A few of the guys do actually. Joe Kennedy's in there as well. Jim Bowen from Bullseye fame. He's dead. You know, he's, he lives on in our chat, though. Right, let's, get, let's move on then, shall we, to the light middleweight tournament. Hopefully, Rob will get back at some point. First one, Andy, I will throw into you. So, Julio Cesar Vasquez, two minutes or less, going in against the aforementioned Terry Norris. Julio Cesar Vasquez against Terry Norris. Uh, who, who you got?
2: Yeah I'm going to go for Norris, and I didn't say confidently because obviously yes. know, v- v- Vasquez became a bit of a journeyman, I think, and and, and he's like, and to be honest with me, I've not seen much of his career, and I remember the, Carol, the one fight I always remember is the Carl Daniels fight because I think it was one of the most vicious knockouts you'll see, or it's definitely in in the equation. So, and I've seen more on Norris, I'm going I'm going to go, you know, his hand speed activity, but I'm going to say as well as you know, he'd need to watch because Vasquez was a bit of a heavy hitter. And um, I think Norris has shown times where his chin wasn't really the strongest, um, but I'm definitely going to say I'm going to say Norris wins it on points. If you're talking prime for prime, um, I think he was he, Vasquez was more than um, capable for, for for any fighter. I mean, he got a one over. He got one over Winky Wright, I'm sure. Winky right, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah
2: and I I, I did not remember the particular fight to be honest with you, so I can't comment. But I know it went it went the distance and stuff. So and. Who was the Spanish guy? Fuck, we mentioned him the other week. There, he didn't you know, fight Oscar. oh was the Oscar.
0: Oh, uh,
2: Castilejo. Castilejo. He fought him as well. He beat him as well. So he he's fought some decent opposition. I just think when 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 he lost his title, he kind of went like in a gentleman route and stuff. But I'm going to say Norris. Quickness, you could hit as well, Norris. I suppose. Um, Quite he slip. was a
0: liability though, wasn't he? That he wasn't going to hit somebody be. and get thrown out.
2: It could be. It could. It could stray low. He could get a few DQs and stuff. But uh, I think he would hold it together. I think he would. Uh, I think he would put up points.
0: I agree. Uh, I also, uh, Porky mentioned Vasquez there. I think Reverend Pickles went for Norris. I would tentatively pick Norris. I thought Norris was super, supremely talented, puncher as Andy said. He was very fast as well. But you could see someone as um, rough, tough, rugged as Vasquez and as hard to beat as Vasquez with his power as well, giving Norris trouble. If Vasquez were to catch him, I, w- I would not be surprised at all. But if Norris could stay out the way, I could see him definitely getting the win. So I agree with you there, Andy. I think we'll push old Terry Norris uh, through to the next round. Let's hit up Gabriel. Are you there, Gabe? Are you pumped up, ready for quarterfinal number two?
4: Yeah, well, what do we got?
0: Okay, Gabe, two minutes or less. You can give us your opinions on tough one here for the hitman, Tommy Hearns, against the body snatcher, Mike McCallum.
4: Hearns McCallum.
2: Ooh, I know Dave. Dave liked this one.
4: Ooh, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Mike McCallum. I, I think he had a great chin. Uh, don't think he ever got stopped from what I recall. And I think if he, if he does exactly as his name implies and works the body, uh, we know Tommy, uh, maybe had some liabilities in terms of, of chin, uh, ability to, to be in, in really big dog fights. Um, not that's not to disrespect Tommy Hearns at all. Absolutely. One of my favorite fighters of all time. Uh, but, um. I, I, for some reason, I just feel like Mike McCallum would take it. Uh, eh, late stoppage,
0: late stoppage for Mike McCallum. Gabe has spoken, yeah. Hearns, couple of the boys in the chat, Ian McKenzie going for Hearns, John Fury, <clears throat> excuse me, going for Hearns as well. McCallum was a hell of a fighter, wasn't he, Andy? He was so, so strong at light middleweight,
2: yeah. Light like middleweight, middleweight as well. You know, obviously, he did end up topping it a uh, uh, light like heavy. Um. The Tony fights, I can always remember them. Um, I, I agree with Gabe, but I, I, I would actually side with McCallum as well. I'm not too sure about the stoppage, though. I, I, and I know what we're talking about. This is like middle. I think Hearns is still in his prime. Chin's no really um, much of a concern. I always remember his fights with Callum, but, um Mike McCallum. Uh, I think he, he, he iced Julian Jackson pretty quick. He's got wins over. Uh, uh, who's the guy that Leonard got? Uh, Leonard fought. Caloui, uh, no Kalu, Caloui hmm. I think his name is oh, I um, yeah he's got a win over him as well I think he's got like a win, a loss and a draw with Tony he's beat Jeff Harding as well up at light heavy um, yeah I'm going to say McCallum I agree with Gabe but, but I, I'm going to say McCallum would win on, win on points it's he too smooth and Hearns you know, he was a good hitter as well I must admit McCallum and Hearns is a devastating puncher but nobody dropped or iced Mike McCallum and I just don't foresee I don't see Hearns doing it actually in bonus way. And again it's not a, it's not a knock on him. It just you know this this is this is Mike McCallum. You know one of the, one of the best of all times Hall of Famer. Uh, great amateur back in his day as well. I think he even won the Call of Gold Medal actually uh, forget when and he's he's listed list of opponent stuff. Uh, I don't know I need to go and check I don't know if um, if Joran was, was champ running about light middle, middleweight at a time when McCallum was kind of floating about, I don't know if he kind of maybe swerved that fight. I think you go going double check on that one. But um, I guess it's a, a three-weight champion or three-time champion, I think, and stuff.
0: OK, Mike McCallum moves through then to the semi-finals. Uh, next one, Gabe, for you, a man who's already been mentioned, Ronald Winky Wright. He lost to Vasquez, but he's going in here against Nino Ven- Benvenuti. Uh, Jason Chukwu also threw this guy in. Uh, Ronald Winky Wright against Nino Benvenuti.
4: Sorry, I am stuck muted. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Benvenuti on this one. Yes, I, I, I just. I mean, I like Winky Wright. He was a uh, good 154 uh he was also did he, did he ever go to 160. benvenuti no no yeah.
0: um winky yeah winky did you he fought um who did he fight at middleweight he
4: fought quillman he fought williams Quillen, he fought Hopkins. Yeah. he fought taylor yeah that, there you go see i couldn't remember I, for some reason i was drawing a blank on what he did at 160. i mean look Winky was a solid tactician uh one of his best fights was making tito trinidad look like a novice I mean, he jabbed his face off. Uh, I mean, he he just – he didn't do anything but jabbed the whole fucking fight. If he would have pressed at any point, I think he could have eventually knocked Trinidad out. Um, but he held Trinidad at bay the whole time. If you want to see a performance on, on what a great jab can do for you, um, that was a great fight. I mean, also a bit exposed, I think, uh, some of the weaknesses of Trinidad um, that maybe uh, – Bernie Hopkins hadn't hadn't exposed yet at that point, um, previously, but overall it was solid. It was a good, it was a good. Uh, he was a good fighter, but I just don't see him. I don't see what he's going to do to win that fight.
0: Okay, Benvenuti moves through up. along. Yep, along with McCallum and Norris. I haven't seen enough of Benvenuti, Andy. I know that you're more versed on his career. Did he fight? We went up and fought didn't they?
2: Fought Monzon twice, mate. Mm-hmm. He actually even went to Italy. Well, no Italy, he says Italian, but he fought uh, Sandro Mazinagi, uh, one of the great Italian fighters all the time, uh, twice, knocked him out. he got winds over Doran Fulmer, uh Emo Griffith, um at least once or twice. And Luis Rodriguez, who was one of the one of the great I think he was a Cuban actually, one of Ali's favourite fighters actually, believe it or not. I'm sure he was a Cuban. Um kind of fought in the same year as Griffiths and Benny Caret and all the type of guys in as well, eh? And the Monson fights were obviously, they were, I'm sure they were at tail end of his career, pretty certain they were. And he was a top amateur back in his time as well, ben Venute, I think he was, um, I think he was Olympic champion, and I'm sure he even got the Val Baker trophy as well, so um, definitely a popular champion back in his day, like.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember watching the Benvenuti-Monzon fights, both of them, back in the day when I first got into the sport. That was about 20 years ago. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about either of them. Maybe time to start uh, revisiting those scraps. Okay, Gabe, let's go on to quarterfinal number four, bringing it back up to date slightly with one fighter anyway. Both of these are, of course, now retired. You have the big puncher himself, Julian Jackson against Sugar Shane Mosley. Julian Jackson against Sugar Shane Mosley.
4: Hmm. That's a that's a tough one. So I feel like Mosley was better. Wait a little little
2: bit. Bit. I I would agree with that. A bit.
4: <laughs> I'm sitting here replaying it all in my head. Sorry, I didn't look at the at the uh, bracket before before the show started. Um, so I haven't had time to think about it in advance. Uh, I feel like 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 Mosley was better at 147. Um, had a respectable time at one fifty-four, arguably uh a great fighter all around. I mean, if you take out the performance enhancing drug, uh I did, was he ever convicted of it or was there even a trial? Or I mean I believe he admitted to it, uh, because he got wrapped up in bal- Yeah, it was
2: a, it was a Balco scandal. Uh, I'm, sure had, I'm sure he testified.
4: Yeah, with Vic Conti. Mm. Uh so I, I'm gonna go with Julian Jackson. I love Julian Jackson. Uh Devastating, devastating guy. Um, but Mosley had a granite chin. Uh, I still don't think Mosley was ever stopped in any fight. So that's a big plus. Well, maybe recently, maybe in one of his very, very last ones, he got stopped. One, the Mundino um, Schopen. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think we're talking about, you know, before the real decline of Shane Mosley. Um he was – I don't really feel like he was ever super tremendous at 154. Um, obviously good enough. Obviously a solid guy. Obviously someone I would not want to fuck with. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I feel like Julian Jackson could do the business because Shane Mosley wasn't necessarily a great boxer uh, in terms of his, his boxing IQ and ability. Um, he was a quick guy, a fast guy. I mean, some of the punches, I, one of the combinations, one of my favorite combinations, I don't know if you guys have <laughs> necessarily favorite combinations, but he threw a combination against uh, Tony Margarito. And it was, hold on, let me see if I can replay it in my head and count it. It was uh, a little flick, double jab, came with the right hand to kind of help set up an attempt at a left hook. And then rocked him with a fucking right hand, I believe is what it was. So it was like a one, two, three, four, five, six punch combination. And and it was a devastating punch on the end of it. And and Shane Mosey was always a little bit better at that, as opposed to hit and don't get hit kind of boxing. <clears throat> so uh I'd like to think that, that Julian Jackson would catch him somewhere and do enough damage to to, to take the fight. That's going to be my final answer. I'm going with Julian Jackson. Sorry for that long, drawn out. Had to think about it.
0: That's okay, Gabe. No problem at all. Um, No sign of Rob Kelly coming back yet. I don't know where he is. Aussie BRB. We'll carry on into the semi-finals then, boys. Okay, so we've got Terry Norris, Mike McCallum, Nino Benvenuti, and Julian Jackson. Shout out to Tommy in the chat, owner of the Asylum, in the chat, trolling us. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up is, the what, mic,
2: he, I mean. is that what you say pick up the mic and go on the call you <laughs>
0: <cunt>. <laughs> aye maybe he could come and give us his opinions on who he thinks he's going to win right anyway so Andy we shall go with I'm going to mix them up here in the little mixing up machine we've ended up with Terry Norris against Julian Jackson Terry Norris against Julian Jackson are not
2: Jackson kills him knocks him out five rounds Um unless he gets DQ'd but nah I'm going to say Jackson definitely just walt- waltzes in there and smashes him up. Try um, to I think I actually. Look, um, some of the kind of lighter guys that, that Jackson fought. Um, I think. Um, if I wait a minute, did he know? Did he know smash up Terry Norris beforehand? Big Julian Jackson. Julian Jackson smashed up Terry Norris before. I'm sure. Check that. I'm fucking certain he did. I'm going to check it. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I don't know.
0: That's why we need wrapping Rob Kelly on here to separate the wheat from the chaff. Let's have a look. I've done a big thing on Terry Norris's career, wouldn't you think I would know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I Yeah, second round. Of oh, course, he did put me. He had, he had Terry Norris hanging in the air, didn't he? And he yeah. took his head
2: off. 1989, so, without yeah, doubt. Right. So uh, we're fair to that one and just say, yep, yeah, Jackson, oh, yeah. easy, that's right. easy yeah. night work.
0: That's right. He nearly killed Norris. I remember that now. Okay, so that out the way. Uh, over to you, Gabe. Nino Benvenuti, Mike McCallum.
4: Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with ben, ben, Shit. <laughs> I almost butchered that one. Benvenuti. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, man, I really like that fight. That's a fun fight to think about. Um, but I, I, I think uh, Benvenuti had some, had some grit and some qualities that would have helped him win in a fight against a tough guy like Mike McCallum. Uh, Mike McCallum was not invincible. He he did lose, um, and, and everybody has the potential to, especially when we're talking about some great fighters. Uh, recently watched um, uh, Ben Venuti and uh, Gaspar Ortega. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Gaspar Ortega, uh, you might want to check him out a little bit more, but specifically Andy, I think he might like him a bit. Um, but, uh, real rugged guy. Um, yeah, that, I think that'll be my final choice. I'm going to go with Ben Venuti on that one. Um, as much as I like Mike McCallum, uh, I think Ben Venuti can get to him and, and make him maybe fight a little bit, uh, defensively and take the win.
0: Okay. The final then Ben Venuti, Julian Jackson, before we get that to onto that, Andy, Special guest jumped on the call. You better be on your best behaviour. The boss is in the house. Here he is. <laughs> How long is it since you've been on here, Tommy, the guru, Alan?
7: It's been a while, mate. Hi. It's
2: been
7: busy. It's his first year, so... It uh, it's happening, daddy. <laughs> no, but I'm just... Uh, you uh, I'm just going to chime in the chat about that. Uh, Jackson and Norris fight. That was... Uh, I fought
2: him. Aye, smashed him <laughs> up there.
7: Eh? Aye. Uh, I Terry Moss, like Terry Norris, I get tired, man, but <clears throat> he didn't have a great gender day.
2: I was always suspect, like
7: that bastard as well, wasn't he? Aye,
2: if it wasn't going his way, in he'd, like, he'd like to drop it low. Aye,
7: Aye but he was a talented, man. I just never forgave him after he beat Sugar Ray Leonard. Ray Leonard's one of my favorites, so go no fuck yourself. So... So What's happening, brother? Waylands, <laughs> ah,
0: hanging in there, Tommy. Hanging in, you know, keeping things running. Oh, yeah. we need, we needed you.
7: Aye, I might start making a, a comeback now, mate. Maybe I have money for booze with the wee and on the go, so I need to keep all my money now, that's it. Responsibilities then.
0: How's lockdown treating you then?
7: Same as, same as, mate, same as. At I was, I was, I, first I was out in the bike and all the time, and then I got pissed off with it. Then I started, I was off to drink for about seven weeks. Then I started drinking for about two weeks. Then this week I've just I'd been hungover all week, man. I had, I was on I was on the sauce about three days last week. This week I've been hung over all week. I've just been eating taste a week, man. I'm like a blunt right now, man. I am lying here like a beach whale. I just went into the show. I just went down to the show and spent nine nineteen quid on fucking crisps and sweeties ever now, man. eh? I
2: fuck I hate eating though by the way. I kind of be bored with it. See me up the morning and the wife says, We want for breakfast. I'm like, fuck all. The, uh, uh, I'll, starve, I'll starve I'll eat I'll eat when I'm starving basically we were doing it's big easy.
0: fries and everything the first few weeks and everybody's sickened <laughs> with all that shit <laughs> yeah fuck
2: that
7: <laughs> I don't want to see I don't want to see a fucking sausage again I think I'm going to start that 24 hour fasting for the more I just keep one a day I'll see how that goes but I'll probably not stick to it man it's just the boredom man the boredom kills you yeah you're just fucking you open the fridge man and you're making yourself a big fucking triple cheese sandwich yeah what of these scooby be can <we do>? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so... Tommy, before we get back to the final, we need to get the big casual questions in with you. Rapping Rob Kelly said earlier on, they're going on about jo- everyone gets asked who would win, Joshua or Fury. So I'm going to have to jump on that train, you know, get a few IFL views. Who wins, Joshua or Fury?
7: Uh, I must be following my opinion on that one. I just. Uh... I don't think Titan g I've I've seen it I, I it's not I'm not just seeing the test of well performance. I've seen it seen it a long, long time. I've probably seen the podcast before I think Tyson can beat Tyson can beat him going backwards or going forwards, he's multi-di multi dimensional. Josh is Josh has he hits hard right and he's and he has he's quite quick, but he's the only chance if he doesn't look Tyson fewer out, he's not gonna win the fight. He's not gonna outbox him. It's no Andy Ruiz that's gonna be standing in front of that fucking twenty stone. Hardly moves. Tyson's a fluid boxer. Man. I just, I can't see anyway. Josh wanted a fight apart from Milton Fury. Fury, Fury beat him ninety nine times at hundred, in my opinion.
0: And what about Eddie's back garden? Are you going to be around there with a couple of cans, watching these fights in Matchroom Square Garden?
7: I very much doubt it, mate. I very much doubt it. He's not going to get to do that. Is he? No danger. He's going to be able to do that. That's fucking. I think the fight, the fights are a long, long way off. I think, man. I can't see that happening anything soon. Is there anything? I take it there's nothing signed all that yet, is there? No, no. Nah, he's fucking, he's not going to be able to fucking do that, man. He's, I think we're, we're going to be august I before we see any boxing, to be honest. What, what how's, it gonna, how's it mm-hmm. going to work? You're going to have to put all these fights on pay-per-view, isn't it? See if he's doing like an ex-gen here, but he's not going to make any money with tickets for that. And fucking... It's going to be a hot offer to be pay-per-view, isn't it? For, for, for people to make money, for him to make money, for people to make money, Etc. cetera, you know? So I just can't see how it's going to work. It's, I think we're along the offer boxing. the same that USC, they've done a card, so I don't know. know Should you go and do I, one, I, one on Epstein's Island? <laughs> Barry will be able to hook up there and land me for, What about
0: Canelo, Guy? Canelo Barry, Saunders? Barry, Barry's been in a few rings earlier (laughs) there. Ring construction. What about Canelo Saunders, (laughs) Gary?
7: Canelo Saunders is... I haven't even seen any boxing news for the last maybe two or three weeks, mate. Um, Is it it back on or are they saying it's going to be ham?
0: The rumours are, but nothing's been signed, you know, officially.
7: I, I like Billy Joe man, but he's, he's not going to beat Canelo as he? he's fucking. That's a different. I, I think Canelo. I think he, Billy Joe's a world class fighter, but it's, he's totally world class and you would. He's jump to elite level. He, he, he isn't that. Own, own Billy, Billy Joe's I think the better opponent that he fights, the, the better they'll perform. But he, he's not going to. He just. He's not going to beat. He isn't going to beat Canelo. Canelo's a better boxer and he's quicker than him. Um, I, I don't think there's many fighters who would, would beat Joe sword around his weight, but I don't think there's anybody around that weight is, is going to beat Canelo, and he's just coming right into his prime getting better and better, and that's a step too far for, for Joe.
0: There you go, everybody. The guru's spoken. He's back with us. Stay with us for as long as you want, Tommy. Ozzy's here as well, so's uh Rob Kelly. Back to the final then, Andy. We'll go with you on this one, I think. Um, surprising final. I didn't think Nino Benvenuti would have got so far, but there you have it. He's going in against Julian Jackson. What do you reckon, final the light like middleweights, Andy Benvenuti, Jackson? Or super welterweights, I suppose they call him these days.
2: Yeah, depends what organisation, I suppose. So I'm, um, I don't know, you know, both good fighters. I mean, obviously, Jackson could turn in everybody's suit, but there's still that, that vulnerability. I mean, I'm sure all his losses are, um, are all knockouts. Um, Benvenuti was... I kind of put it. He was, he, was a, he was a all-round athlete. I think he was a very talented fighter. He could box. He could move. He could punch. And he was really hard to hit clean. as I say, I, th- I think the ones on defeats happened at the, at the tail end of his career. So maybe there was a, a moment that he just he was over the prime, over the hill a wee bit in that. But I'm 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 going to go with Ben but I like his stoppage. Um, and it's not anything like a hipster. But I just think like so the the fighters that he fought, like I said, Lu- Luis Rodriguez, Griffith, Fulmer. Uh, the Italian uh, Sandro uh, Mazet stuff like that. Um, I I, th- I just think all round um, far better fighter, and he wasn't re- he wasn't as much reliant on the power, um, and he had a solid decent and decent enough chin. I think so. I'm going to go Benvenuti late stoppage.
0: Quick word from you then, Rob. I know you weren't with us. Good to have you back. Uh, Nino Benvenuti came out on top. I wasn't expecting that. So we had Julio Cesar Vasquez against Terry Norris, Tommy Hearns against Mike McCallum, Winky Wright against Benvenuti, Julian Jackson against Sugar Shane Mosley. Benvenuti came out on top.
5: How the fuck did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I I would have given... You disappeared, Rob, and
0: this is what happened?
5: Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was Gabe that put him in the final too. Yeah, no, I don't know. I think fighters like Terry Norris... Uh, fucking light middleweight. I had to... Uh, Terry Norris and Thomas Harnes at light middleweight. Fucking hell, I had to pick a... You know, McCallum Mike McCallum beat snatcher McCallum beat Harnes. McCallum beat Harnes at 54. Yep. Oh, Things I got worse, Rob.
0: Know. Me and Andy both forgot that Julian Jackson laid Terry Norris out on a plate and then we remembered yeah. quickly. <laughs> and then you called, you called <laughs> fucking Terry Norris to beat him. Yeah. Well not really, but then we just slang on. This fight did happen.
2: I was without doubt he's gonna smash up in five rounds. I'm like he fought he fought this guy for he fucking fought him like late <laughs> <ladies laughs> or something I smashed up in two rounds.
5: Terry Norris was, was
2: very, very good. Very good. But fighter. also, he was prone to get, st- uh, either get yeah. stopped or or, or get yeah. dq you yeah. know. It was the, it
5: was the old fucking 1980s high chin, wasn't it? The old fucking neck up in the air it used to be Terry Norris's on um, on doing at times, like too almost too rangy. Um,
2: it sounds bad these days, Terry Norris, when you see him talk. Does he? Yeah, that's a, pretty, oh, aye. a, a bad way. fighter. Um,
5: Fuck, I don't know. I, I, all good fighters, man. I, to be honest, with you, is probably the one I've watched least out of them all. So maybe I'm, I'm giving an uninformed uh, opinion there. Like, um, in terms of actual watching actual footage, uh, fucker. Just I, let's just get to the final. But all great fighters, all very good fighters.
0: Done and dusted. Benvenuti wins like middleweights. Then he joins an esteemed club. We had the uh, Sugar Ray Robinson winning the middleweights. James Tony winning the super middleweights. We also had Roy Jones Jr. winning the light heavyweights, Evander Holyfield, cruiserweight, and Larry Holmes winning the heavyweights. Um, if anybody wants to send in any, then do so for future episodes. Well to wait next week. Try and get them to me Thursday or Friday if you can. And then uh, it's will kept- No, not to do them. Oh, here, Andy. Marcus Bellinger sent in the super featherweights. So not going to spoil yeah. it, but it's a real nice, nice uh, mix from Marcus I- Bellinger there.
2: I could think so. I should think so. There'd be a good mix. Featherweight, super featherweight. Are, are we going to amazing. DQ Ray
5: Robinson from welterweight? So we're going up to
2: a Well, that's what I'm going to say. mate. I, I, I think we should we should leave him out because he is he is he's no peer, but he's number one all time. I think we should leave him out out of respect because it's yeah. too easy to say that he's going to win fucking welterweight and middleweight tournaments stuff. I think yeah.
0: too easy. I've tried not to go back too far as well. Sometimes I know Robinson's different because he transcends the eras with his style and his ability. But sometimes we mentioned before, it's difficult to match them up. So I've tried to bring guys in, uh, you know, more more um, recent. So maybe someone like a Vernon Forrest or slide in. Obviously Trinidad will probably be there as well.
2: Steve, I, I know you're, you're letting out the you letting out the fans shout out uh, the welterweights for next week and stuff. Any list that doesn't involve Jose that will be immediately shredded.
0: Immediate shredding for Monday. I let the fat Well, I let the fans um, call out the list for next week's fight, Andy, and they, um, as you yeah. say, they give us the square root of fuck all because I haven't seen anything.
2: No, I've not seen that in here.
0: Casuals, casuals, a lot of them. Connor, uh, Connor Con- Con- Ben's beards getting mentioned. Yep, that will get mentioned in Belly of the Fif- weeks.
5: Fifteenth anniversary of Ricky Hatton and Costa Zoo uh, this week, isn't it? Not oh, is that right? ever mentions it. Uh, that's right. yeah, i gonna... I, have punches for the I pass had punches for that before. Have we or no? No, no. no,
2: it, was, no. It, was too, it was too obvious. One for us, mate. Eh? Mm. Because I think Blockstation no, done eh, it. If you listen to the BBC podcast, Castello and Buncey actually had Ricky on the call uh, and watched the fight back live, eh, or most of it live, and just basically had him give his thoughts and opinions on it and stuff. Eh? So good listen. And eh, they did, eh, what was the last one they did recently? Um, I'll give me a second, it was actually a good one. If I can get into the podcast. If nobody
0: mentions one, Andy, you could do happen to you next week if you wanted to.
2: Yeah, I suppose we could do that one as well. Um, there was one that you were talking about. It's oh, for the past one. You actually you were mentioning ah, those. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: What we'll do happen to you if nobody comes up with anything else for next week? Then it'd be a good chance to watch that again. See fights like that. I remember watching them at the time, but then you realise you've uh, you guys might be different. I I probably haven't watched that fight since the night since that the was, actual night it was on.
2: That was like three in the morning or something like that. Yeah, that fight. I remember I've been two thousand
0: and five, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: I was absolutely guttered like night, man.
5: They asked him, didn't they? How do you feel about fighting at two o'clock in the morning? And he said, I'm from Manchester. Every fucker fights at two o'clock in the morning.
0: Okay, then, boys, let's move on to Belly of the Week. So episode 375, Gabe's with us, rapping Rob Kelly, the guru, Tommy Allen, no less, Uh, Ozzy Smith, Andy Patterson as well, alongside me, Steve. Uh, Quite a few nominations have come in during the week. And of course, the guys will throw theirs in as well. First nomination from Declan Graffin has gone for Zucan, or Kanzu, whatever he's calling himself these days. I believe if LeBron James became a boxer, he can be a world champion, says Zukan. Uh, there we go. Ricky Gravel has nominated Tony Bellew. Uh, Bellew slamming leave Canelo for being, for being a drug cheat while on a Zoom call with Billy Joe Saunders and doesn't mention Billy's failed test. 112 minutes and 54 seconds in. He's a remarkable man. A remarkable man, Andy, who I think we're going to be hearing quite a lot of Tony nominations this week. Yeah. Just leave him alone. Eddie was going on about that this week as well. Okay, so Tony is commenting on this situation about some government minister. Not really Evening sure about the ins and outs. Evening, Ed. Boxing Bet Guru says, if Bellew sticks with this in spite of the banging Twitter mob, I'd like to nominate him for Bellew of the Week life immunity. He wants Bellew of the Week pulled out of Bellew of the Week. There we go. Uh, Andy, you've nominated one here. Uh, boxing scene. Beltran says Munguia has a good chance to knock Golovkin, out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is the same. This is the same Munguia who wasn't even allowed to fucking fight Golovkin in a fight. I don't think it was a. was, a, was a title fight. It doesn't matter. He was basically blocked by every fucking authority in America. You know, oh, when he fought multi Rossian, ah, uh, you ain't getting this fight. You ain't getting this fight. <laughs> Wait, but no, was he? He was, was named as an opponent for Golovkin, was he? No,
0: yeah. Whenever Golovkin as uh, Canelo failed, Canelo, the test, and That's then he, was, and right? he ended up fighting Marty Rossian. That's
2: yeah. what it was. I, I yeah. was honest to God, i have never uh, instantly. You tossers. Uh,
0: Tracy, the boxing has nominated Tone. The Tone tradition at it again was only last week. He wanted uh, people breaking rules stoned to death. And now he's telling people to ease up. Um, J.S. Park has nominated Lord of the Flies, Naota from the Boxing Coalition. The last round said, complete this sentence. The most overrated boxer in history is. And Lord of the Flies says, Vassal Lomachenko, he's had the weakest route to being called pound for pound ever and has watered down that term so bad that people are trying to rate Spence and Tank's garbage resumes as pound for pound also, says Naota, So a strong, a strong one from him there. Uh, Paul Raftery got in touch over on Twitter nominating Spencer Dance. Spencer likes uh, Tony Bellew. He says, Tony, you were fantastic to watch on that programme. What a humble, kind human being you are. I truly hope you find happiness. You deserve it. Amazing journey. Well, I hope if he finds happiness, Rob, (laughs) he's tucked away somewhere where no one could bother him.
5: Just leave him alone, will you? For fuck's sake, leave the chap alone. He's he's, He's changing his opinions on social distancing. One minute he wants you fucking quarantined and locked up and gas masked up, but the next minute it's roam free to whatever the fuck you want. I I tell you what, right? In a lot of ways, we pump Bellu up with this Belly with a week thing because I, th- I think people would have forgotten about him by now. I'm not saying where the credit for, uh, giving him the credit for his public persona, but in the boxing world, people would have long forgotten about him. But he just cannot shut the fuck up. He just can't do it. Like. Do he has an opinion on absolutely everything and knows fuck all about most things, uh, boxing included, by the way. So, um, yeah, good on, Belly. Keep, keep, the, the gift that keeps on giving.
0: The gift that keeps on giving. Um, your president, Gabe, has been nominated, Donald J. Trump, way back, old school Belly of the Week in 2014, talking about Floyd Mayweather they're getting beaten up badly through 10 rounds by Marcus Maidana, but the announcers say it is even. Only two rounds left. Trump, big boxing fan, Gabe, as we know, put on many as a good fight back in the day.
4: Yeah, he, he uh there was tons of fights at the Taj, the what they call it, the Trump Trump Plaza, the, wasn't it? Casino or some yeah,
2: shit. Yeah, well, right? I think so. Not, had a few of them, eh? Yeah,
4: Yeah, there, I can't tell you how many fights I've seen at that place. Uh I from what I know, he seems to be a pretty big boxing fan, at least uh uh fan of, of Fucking sports in general, I guess. I'm not real sure. Um, but I don't know. Anybody that quotes that guy's is a little bit off their rocker for any reason. Even you of the Week.
0: Gabe Hayton there on the old Trumpster. Gavin Stevens has nominated your Dennis Ugas. He's talking about the police. I think I'll leave that one the hell alone. Uh, Shoei MC has nominated Josie for J-O. Oh,
4: go on then, Steve. Come on. J- uh, what what?
0: About, uh, J- uh, Gabe? What about this Joseph J O one? This is more up your street. Brother Wellings, as, as I'm now known, Joseph J O got in a bit of trouble this week with Shuey MC, talking to a guy called John. John, no wonder your brain is like that of an aunt. You have a gay daughter. You are a, <laughs> 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 you, you are a failure in, in every aspect of life. Go and get your madness degree from a psychiatric institution. <laughs>
5: Oh, <laughs> is it between brain size and gate yeah, orders? Yeah. I mean, the doctor might know. He is a doctor, after all. Is, is there some H- a- to this
0: some crazy? This
4: PhD,
2: it! The doc just absolutely ended his career there. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. Well, here, Gabe, if you like that one, what about this other one? Abu AA also nominated the doctor for some increased hate. He said, Zico, nothing is wrong if I am attractive to you. There is nothing wrong for being sexy. It is wrong when you have sexual intercourse with me. You are physically, psychologically, and and physiologically sick, uh, period, says Joseph O. He's got Gabe, I'll tell
4: you what, he's been going absolutely mad this week. I I can't tell you. This guy's just put out some real gold this week. I mean, let's face it. The doctor's always pretty, pretty on point with all his tweets and comments and everything. But this this week, he was just off his rocker, insane, with dishing out knowledge to ignorant fools.
0: Well, brother Wellings, uh, got a, a video made for him anyway by the doctor, doing a bit of a bit of uh, bag work outside, a bit of invisible pad work outside the garage. Good old oh, doctor. That, that's that's oh, yeah.
5: a lot of bullshit because I make those videos for you every week and I don't get a fucking mention. Don't get a mention.
0: Where's the THD, PhD, Rob? Yeah. It's it's the, passive THC?
2: levels. THC, PhD. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> THC, baby, and CPD. <laughs> that's you what is that, that
0: one. Okay, Peter Fury says, Only fights available, all British fights. Dave Allen wants to fight Huey. It's a good fight in these times, so Huey will accept the invitation. Chisora fighting Yusick. Uh, BoxerRatings.com said, Huey Fury versus Dave Allen. Sounds like a great fight given the circumstances. Don't understand people are being negative about it. David Almond has nominated him for that. Now, David Almond has also nominated John Bones Jones I didn't even make half of what Deante Wilder makes. If my reputation causes you to undervalue me this much, just go ahead and release me from my, my UFC contract altogether. I'm sure some promoter somewhere will be more than happy to pick me up, says Mr. Jones. Uh, Trafalgar Blick was talking about Adam Booth doing the pads. Uh, boxing Degenerate jumped in and said, why did Tyson Fury leave, leave him though? To find a coach with knowledge, not one that will le- um, help him to lose weight. Uh, he's talking about Ben Davis. I think he's getting a bit mixed up there. Judas has nominated him for that. Uh, Christoph at starry boy, has nominated Sky Sports Classics for putting on Kell Brook versus Jojo Dan. That ain't no belter. What about this one then, Tommy? This is right up your street. Shout out to Connor Ben from Trading Leather Boxing. The beard has finally arrived. It's only taken about 23 years and a beard transplant. Tommy's disappeared. He's not interested in the beard, unfortunately, Aussie. What about Connor Ben's beard? I haven't seen any footage, but apparently it's real. Listen, it's here. We,
2: see, we saw that. how heard good been, no?
0: No, but apparently it's actually grown into a full, fully fledged uh, beard. You can stroke.
2: Oh, oh right. So uh, we a wee bit sure. like George Groves' pub hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought he got rid of it. I thought he he paid money to get a transplant and decided to shave it off. That's what I thought too. But no, not according to uh, trading of the box, and He said the beard has finally arrived. The back. Yeah, the beard's back, back with a vengeance. Tommy's not. He disappeared. Then what's happened to him? Okay, what else have we got? Starman Ag eighty six, tell me a better win by a British fighter on foreign soil than when Hay beat Jean Marc Mormec. Hashtag What went down? Really, says Dan Desmond. Property shout out to Des, regular listener. Can I nominate this for Belly of the Week? Certainly can. Starman Ag eighty six said, "Get me on, get him on what? Because he ain't coming on here." That's all the ones that I've got. Tony Bellue, strong front runner for me. Andy, who any nominations from you?
2: Yeah, uh, Errol Spence. Um, I don't know if anybody, anybody caught the protest videos has been going about recently. I think it was London, but the, a guy dressed up as Batman decides to walk him up, walk up through the smoke. And, uh doesn't really do nothing. I suppose if you are walking like Batman, you got to do something, you know. You can't just stand there and just, like, no do nothing. And <laughs> Errol Spence comes out with uh, On the cool, he thinks this is a game or a movie. Should have jumped on him just for playing. So you've actually got America actually kind of, like, burning itself to the ground at the minute and fucking... People are just like violence upon violence and Spencer's basically kind of calling for Batman and get beat the fuck up. So uh yeah, we bit of kinda of, uh, WBC, you never read that one out Steve. Uh, three fun Didn't facts me. of Salvador Sanchez.
0: Didn't say that on
2: the you don't see that one, mate? No, the, no, uh, no. Oh, right, okay. So anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's a <laughs> this, is, this is this is tremendous. it's like eight, two ninety two, it's like what is it? Th- oh th- thirty years for Sanchez died. So three fun facts. About Salvador Sanchez from the WB- WBC. He is considered the Mexican greatest of all time by many people. Before becoming a boxer, he loved lucha Libre. I think that's wrestling. And number three, he died in a car crash on August 12th, 1982. People still visit his grave every year and pay tribute to him. So that was a fun fact that he died in a car crash in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers.
5: Had me rolling that one.
2: Honest <laughs> oh, to Christ, it's a bit of
5: fun, Rob, you miserable
0: bastard. It's a fun fact.
2: Hey, <laughs> uh, Jamal Charlo apparently was suspected to aggravate the assault case. Uh, Rob, is that right? Oh, yes, I there. saw the
0: headline to that. What's he done?
2: Correct. Do you know, I think he did. He TMZ. saw
4: someone
5: in his house. I saw the TMZ headline, I didn't need to read too much into it to be honest with you to kind of get the gist of it. Charlo hit someone at his house or aggravated assault. I didn't specify was it a male or a woman. Or a dog, in fact, um, when well, that child had fucking aggravated and assaulted, so who
2: knows? Just pulled that up there, so according to chapter 22, th- Gabe, you there, you should fucking know this, bitch. According to chapter 22 of the Texas Penal Code, the conditions of aggravated assault causing seriously body, bodily harm are a person intentionally, knowingly or recklessly commits an assault against another, and that assault results in seriously bodily harm to the injured person. Uh, by state law definition, seriously, body harm is classified as a fractured facial bone requiring surgery to prevent you know, deformity, knife wound, permanent extensive scarring, What's partial blindness. Yeah, I, I love this about America. Gabe, you need to fucking confirm this, by the way. Aggravated assault cases in Texas are charged at a second-degree felony level. If found guilty, say the offending party could serve anywhere between Two years and twenty years in prison. With twenty, yeah, with, with ten grand fine. You motherfuckers, man! You're extortion artists.
4: Yeah, that's that's about right. I mean, uh, um, I, I can't necessarily speak to how severe the situation was or, or what it all entailed. Um, you know, there's a lot of leeway, so. I don't know about you guys, but but everywhere here, the the law is always this big fucking gray blob area. So they would take into account how severe, uh, obviously, the uh, assault or whatever it was, uh, how how severe that actually was. Um, First off, once they kind of determined that, then they kind of probably would make a baseline decision on how uh, severe the penalty would be for it. Um, from what I understand, the guy had some, some deformity of his face um, in one report that I read. And so it seems to me like it was probably pretty bad. I don't know if it would be bad enough to maybe say that he would get the max sentence in that case. Uh, obviously, here in Texas and, and anywhere in the United States, they do take uh, prior um, convictions and things like that into account. So if he had a history of, of, of assaults, then he'd probably be looking at a higher, uh, longer sentence, excuse me. And also, um, they may take into account his uh, career. You know, th- that could be a downside for him. So I think that might be a case where they look at the scenario, what happened, what led to the, the uh, assault, and then from there, they may make a decision based on the fact that, look, this guy's a professional fucking boxer, and here he is going around beating on people. Uh, what's his deal? Is he unhinged? Are they going to make an example out of him? Are they going to let him off? I mean, it could go any number of ways. Um, it depends on the judge a lot of times, too. So the judge is, uh, uh, if he's wanted to make an example out of somebody, he damn well may do it. Um, so you never really can tell. Uh, just based off what I know so far, which isn't a whole lot more than anybody else has said, um I wouldn't suspect that he'll get a big, huge, long term uh, for what happened. I mean, it could be a number of things. He may have been attacked first. You know, whenever all the facts come out, I think then you might have a better idea of of guessing as to what his uh, punishment will be, uh, or if there even is one. To be fair,
0: Andy, a few more from you.
4: Yeah,
2: uh, Tim Bradley uh, for saying that uh, you know, Stevenson is uh, basically on a. On a par with uh, Mayweather. Um, well, else? in one uh,
0: respect,
2: maybe. Aye, <laughs> Suppose we well, always undefeated against women. Uh, talking about <laughs> Barnetts. talk about barnets and stuff, and you talk about Ben with the with the the beard transplant. I know James DeGale went through the hair transplant as well, but fuck it, George Groves just <laughs> just, just, just let I mention that that hair that he never had. Uh, up to he got smashed up of Well, he, didn't, he, he got a beat off. Calm Smith, right? he said a hair transplant, right? And I swear to God, he's on that skybox, uh, skybox, sky and whether it was, uh, getting an uh, interview about the, the Frotch defeat. And uh, he's 32, man. <laughs> he's fucking that hair. This is uh, <laughs> it's it's it's, tr- it's tremendous.
5: It's, it's like they said to him. It's like they said, George, you've wanted hair all your life. What do you want to do with <laughs> it now that you have it? And he's like, just give me the homeless look, dude. Just give me, you know, that Richard <laughs> Dreyfus, down and out in Beverly Hills look. That's what I always wanted.
2: <laughs> it's like he raises like a bucket for something to eat, man. You know, just that hair. It's just... I mean, it, it, just it doesn't fucking belong there. We I mean, know you, you lost your hair, mate. You know, it's, it's weird, as I say, because you, know, Froch had his nose fixed after fighting Groves off, and then you had you 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 bank fighting the Gale and Groves like they're both going to get a hair transplant. It's just the uh, it's just weird. It's just too much money. At the end of the day, you know, but
5: when did fucking fighters give so much of a shit about the cosmetic appearance of their faces? They used to go around with their fucking nose split in and their ears hanging off. No, do Rafferty's cauliflower hair. ears? Yeah, they're going to get fucking hair transplants. George Groves' hair transplant is the only only. It's probably the worst one I've seen since Lee Griffiths is number one for the worst hair transplant. Wayne oh Rooney. yes,
2: thank God for mentioning him.
5: Wayne Rooney, number two, by the way, for his money as well, the Premier League money. They fucking they had him out, they had him out to dry when he came for the fucking <laughs> he looked bald. He looked bald after he got the fucking hair transplant. And this one, I don't know what's going on, like it's just fucking it's like they transplanted his hair from a fucking there knot was, from the eighties. There was something.
2: one there was one point Lee Griffiths' hair looked like a fucking computer programme was like half loaded, that just fucking froze. <laughs> Some, some player off. player we gollum looking like cunt
5: uh, so he could get fucking with all his money now he could probably go and get
0: nine hair transplants in a row <laughs> yeah,
2: he might <laughs> even get an ass nice put on the end of it you, accounts, could see, baby.
0: you could see it going whenever he was playing for Wolves he used to have the sort of wispy in the air reminds me of my dad whenever he we went out in the wind you know the sort of strands the in camp. the air I yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Bobby Charlton can I, I Bobby yeah. now. just shave it off man
0: <laughs> just shave it off Right, um you are they all your ones, Andy?
2: Yeah, mate, so I think the WBC is going to be in front for me at the minute. Um Groves' hair, pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, got to say. Uh, and Batman as well, just walking through the mist and Erl Spence is <laughs> like claiming to <laughs> be that motherfucker. That he, he'd, have been,
5: and, he'd have been in bad fucking He'd have been in a bad spot if Errol Spence had have actually been there and acted on that one, wouldn't he? Because you know Errol like in public, he could fucking do anything.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine Errol actually appear in the Batmobile and probably smash up the whole fucking place, man? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Batman's like, what are you doing in my car again, Errol?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but, oh.
6: Yeah.
0: Um, Gabe, any from you? Nominations? No, nope, none from me. Nothing from Gabriel. Uh, Ozzy, any nominations from you this week? No, nope, nothing. Nothing from Ozzy.
1: i Nothing
0: from Donny. Uh, Rob, anything from you? I don't, know. I don't know.
5: Smito said in the chat that we might have covered this already, but I probably forgot because short-term memory is not amazing. But, um, fucking, uh, (laughs) it could be hereditary, man. I don't know. Science, the jury is out. Um, I was watching a fucking YouTube clip on Sky Sports Boxing this week, and it was the top 10, the, no, sorry, capital letters, T-H-E, the top 10 biggest upsets in boxing history. In at nine, (laughs) Ole Afolovic against fucking Enzo Macronelli. And number two was Danny Williams versus Mike Tyson. Nowhere near it was fucking Ali Foreman, uh, Buster Douglas, Mike Pikeson.
1: <laughs> oh, it was all just fights that were on Sky. So you had Alex Michael had Gomez. They had Sam Eggington on there against that. Yeah. Hassan there. <laughs> the next, uh, that was in a 10, actually. Yeah, Sam yeah, Eggington. Yeah, the yeah. biggest
5: upset in boxing history. Sam Sam Eggington at one time, Joaquinio. So the Sky Sports boxing. Fucking hell. I forgot about out that one. There. Have yeah. been a mayor since quarantine. They are. <laughs> By the way, do we know? Um, do we? Does any of the do any of the panel want to give their opinion on who they think would win between Fury and Joshua? No.
0: <laughs> well, Tommy gave his opinion <laughs> while you weren't here.
5: <laughs> fucking Coogan, fucking Sky, fucking Michelle Joy Phelps, Sam Jones, Rob. Te- will you just ask a different question to the next guest you get, guys? Right, just fucking. We know now. The fight is not going to happen, probably 2021. Maybe 2022 is nowhere near on the horizon. Stop fucking talking about it, just to fucking get your, in your little YouTube click war. Just ask the boxer some decent questions about fighting, like instead of fucking asking every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry that has no vested interest in that fight who's going to win. Piss me off, that is.
0: Yeah, Lee the Alcoholic Fudge covered what I was thinking, actually, exactly the top 10 upsets that we have the rights to show in history. So that, yeah, that's a strong like one. It. That's a strong one. Forgot about that one. Uh, okay, we'll go around to see who's picking what. Oh, I'm going to go for that one, Andy. I forgot all about that one. That's got to be Belly of the Week for me. Sky Sports.
2: Hey, what was Sky Sports one? Sorry, mate. I was just uh, looking at something else. Here.
0: Just the one Rob was saying there.
2: Oh, that one. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's a fucking belt. Up. Have you
0: been on the Star Dog?
5: these <laughs> short-term memories, not what it was either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. Listen, I'm hanging by a friend. You know where I was last night. Jeez. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that one. But WBC's good running close by Saul Sanchez. Like good to be.
0: Oh, that's a good one. There's been some solid ones this week. Uh Ozzy, who are you going for?
1: Oh, it's uh it's tough this one. I think Dr. Joseph Ajayo definitely deserves a uh an horrible mention for his uh outburst on Twitter. Uh WBC, I agree, but then Yeah,
4: you don't say that.
1: Then has gotta be <laughs> Got to be an opportunity to uh hammer Sky for their obscene top 10 uh upsets, which as we say involved one time. Roqueño,
0: good old one time, yeah. Sky looks like it could be a clean sweep here. Rob, I take it you're going for Sky,
5: yeah, but I think I like the Salvador Sanchez one as well because didn't Andy take the account to task as well? It's a fun fact that he died, mate. And I was like trying to oh, trying to oh. fucking justify it. And he was like, "Well, I actually think it's a fun that people still visit his grave." <laughs> kind of
2: like, yeah, yeah i yeah, sorry, sure. right, man. Yeah, oh. can just imagine this fucking pilgrimage in Mexico somewhere that they're fucking walking to <laughs> his grave now? Oh, well, we all pay homage. Fuck off, man! When they got you want the guy to be alive?
0: Twice. Yes, yes. Uh, Sky Sports looks like it's going to sweep it. Gabe, who are you going for? Sky Sports for the sweep. Sky Sports for the clean sweep. Sky Sports is still going at the moment, though. One entity that is going to be be destroyed very soon, we believe, is the good old fellas at DAZN, old DAZN. Gabe disappeared. We're going to have a quick word about zone before we close up for the night. Just before we do so, I've been meaning to give out the top guys a shout-out here. Our top Patreon subscribers have the list in front of me. I'm going to give them a quick shout-out here because they are good guys, all of them. Uh, Daniel Adams, Jason Cheel, Ryan Deal, John Swan, Jasper, Owen Spillane, Chris Ansell, Nathan Newman, David Doyle, Gav, James Bernard, Danny Young, uh, Ted Barrett, Joe Kennedy, and Martin. I'll interject with a couple more names uh, in a minute. These are the top level subscribers. Shout out to Who these the guys. lads. These Who are, the, are lads the lads in touch every week. Top fellas should be should have been given them a shout out before now. Finally got round to it. Ozzy, first of all, any thoughts on Dazone? It seems to be the talk of the town apart from these. Uh, sort of Eddie-friendly entities. I know Russ was saying that during the week as well. Any insight? Any opinions on the Zone situation? Uh, it's
1: it's it's peculiar, but it's not a surprise. I mean, look, they, they're entering new markets, they, they're chucking a fortune at it, and it's simply not worked out. This this virus has has come at the completely wrong time for them. Uh, and and look, we we've seen it. It's not easy to launch a subscription-based channel. Uh, particularly when one of your target sports is boxing. Um, Box Nation tried it and succeeded for a little while, but it was always a struggle. Um, the only way zone, I think, will work is if they pick up major rights to uh, the Premier League, NFL, your major sports, which will drive subscriptions. Uh, unfortunately, things like boxing just aren't going to do that. I mean, they've got Bellator on there, but. Who the fuck watches stuff like that? You're not telling me that that it's driving, you know, the the hundreds of thousands of subscriptions they will need to turn a profit. I mean, how much is it now? Is it what ten dollars or something like that in America, or has it gone up to fifteen dollars? Apparently,
2: apparently, it's uh, securing sporting rights through other sports throughout the world. It's not just America; they're obviously in Asia and that as well. Apparently, they're on the hook for three point seven billion.
1: Wow, really? I know they've not um, they've not paid some of the fees and things like that to the respective leagues and things because they've not they've obviously not had the content as well. So straight away, the with the with um, the withholding cash, uh, it's not going to be easy. I mean, look, they they tried to make a big splash. They went in with this. Uh, who can forget the billion dollar deal? And ultimately, where did it get them? The Matchroom USA were just paying out obscene purses for ultimately not average fighters because look, some were world champions, but massively overpaying the likes of Tevin Farmer and Jesse Vargas, I think, uh, Mikey Garcia's next fight. Um, Hearn's got over $10 million tied into that and that's just for the main event alone. I mean, I I don't see how they're making funding back. Clearly, that's why they've gone down the route of a going with Golden Boy to drive subscribers with Canelo, and B the YouTubers as well. Look, we all laugh at it, but does it drive a few extra subscribers? Quite possibly.
2: I think.
1: I think they'll take anything they can get at the moment, but it's not. It's not. It's not unrealistic to see firms like this try and get investment, but it's an awful time to try and get investment, and when the only thing is cash
0: is going out and very little's coming in, I mean, who the fuck is going to get involved? (laughs) They're not going to get anything all they? Aussie now of all times. Plus, uh, even in the best of times, you couldn't imagine them getting someone to come in and invest. Uh, Exactly. And like I said, there's no real return on it. I mean, this is a
1: global... We're not just talking, you know, like in the... I think... uh, I also think that the UK venture will be put on hold now. I mean, they can come to the UK fine, but what rights are they going to have? Everything's tied up, at least for the next couple of years. Champions League, Premier League, cricket, rugby, golf. I I just don't know what sports they could take that, you know, would lure you in. Even the US TV as well, that's all uh, tied up with Sky as well in terms of basketball and the NFL. The only thing we can't see over here unless it's on Premier Sports or something is baseball. And who the fuck cares? Who's going to subscribe to the zone for baseball being brutally honest such a small
0: niche sport it's just not going to drive their you know subscription for what they want mm, yeah Andy just before bringing you in a few more of the boys top boys here uh, Graham Taylor Jeff Conway George Barry Craig Jevons, Dom McNamara. I haven't seen John, uh, Dom in the chat tonight. John Kearns, who's been on episodes with us before. Nathan Shaw, Marvelous Mendo, Joe Ringer, James Addy, and Marco Barrera, Marty G, and James Monahan. Andy, take it away. What have you got to say? You were about to subscribe to the Zone, I think, before it went bust.
2: Ah, you're whole. Uh, yeah, well, as I understood, it, I remember reading the article in Financial Times um, was it last week or the week before. It basically says that this, uh, the owner of the Zone. Is basically either look for fresh and in, fresh injection of cash, however it is open to the idea of selling it. So I think that basically says it says that alone. You know, they're on the hook. You know, there was a lot of pressure for what I read, you know, to try and get the German football season finished. The Italian league starting up, I think, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, maybe next weekend, I think it is. Um England strike started up in early June. So these guys are all, no, these leagues. I think they're all kind of committed, and then they've got to deliver it because there's obviously going to be a, you know, a black quality if these seasons are then called, and uh, they kind of be completed. You know, these these TV companies quite rightly are saying, "Look, it's a breach of contract. You haven't fulfilled your contract, R- regardless of it been a pandemic or no. Cash is king. And they want their money back. You know, we're not paying you full whack for only what thirty-two games rather than thirty-eight games, whatever it is. You know, you can you can see the point in the business world. But, um, it's just it's I say it's just call team. off the
5: seasons. It's, I see the, the best rule is just to call off the seasons and declare whoever's at the top of the league the champion, and that's the first <laughs> way
2: to do it. Yeah, of course, you would, of course, you would. <laughs> but, um, no, but any day, as you, as you say, but you, you've, got, you've got other things, Japan, you know, whatever they, they're showing, baseball, as Aussie said, and stuff, there, there's no F1. There's no boxing, you know, boxing's gonna come back with empty arenas and stuff. It's gonna be, you know, very regionalized, shall we say. And that's not gonna be wetting appetites for the zone subscribers. You know, who wants to watch say, I don't know Give him a British fight, Josh Kelly and Nigel Ben, eh, Connor Ben, for example. Yeah, you, you think somebody in America is going to subscribe to the zone to watch a, uh, a regional fight because no. they kind of get anybody else to watch? They'll be because... watching it
0: in their hundreds. It's the same as when ESPN show those MTK fights. They, they're watching exactly. it. The f- you can count it on one hand.
2: Exactly. You know, or some of the YouTube chat uh, channels and stuff. As Kim, as Ozzy says, it's came The absolute worst time for like say the uh, zone that because obviously they 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 had a. A start up into box. The money they pumped into Canelo and Golovkin and Joshua, I suppose, the three main names in the sport at this point. That's not even including what Tyson Fury getting paid off ESPN. You know they're getting paid fucking. well. I mean, Golovkin's got. A, I think he's got an equity stake. Um, yeah, I was thinking world. about that this week. You know, it's, it's worth <laughs> shit at the minute.
0: He has a tenner in sh- Monopoly money again.
2: <laughs> it's worth shit at the minute, but
0: he's going to owe them money.
2: <laughs> there was, I say, there was pressure on Germany and Spain and Italy to try and get the leagues finished and stuff. So you know, and they've started back up. So obviously they, they're going to try and you know keep up the end of the bargain. then They're going to give away their sponsor rights for fuck all and get Ben Air just to kind of uh, please one team. Uh, so at least Liverpool will get to do the right thing and win it in the park where where it actually should be won, you know, rather than just uh, boardroom meetings over Zoom.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we have an investigation into it. What do you think, Andy?
2: Like, I think I absolutely agree, Rob. I think I think it, it took you three years to get one for for George Cadetti, but I think we should get one for corporate governance. I think we should get one.
0: What's the ball in the day? <laughs> right, just before we bring Wrapping Rob Kelly in For the final word on the Before we close out Final word to our top boys Our top Patreon boys Should be giving these More of a shout out To be honest, each week We've got Richard Lodder Slip Digby Swaggy Taggies In the chat somewhere Steve Turton Ian Pirie Sean Nommers Vidal Gordon Jamie D Red West Holly Lewis Holt Mike Wrigley Jamie Davey Manhunter, Daniel Gary Lockwood Saul Brocklehurst Daniel Wilson And last but by no means least The main man Matthew Reynolds Apparently I don't watch IFL Rob or Boxing Social or any of those channels, but they're not asking Eddie about this. If not, why not?
5: I wonder why. It wouldn't be like the channels to do what they're told, would it? Especially in light like of recent uh, spate of interviews, it wouldn't be like them to take directions. Like um I I actually was all for the zone. I know we slayed her in the evening ed, um, and times, but I Edward. <laughs> My second favourite Edward. Um I, I think um took a while that, to kinda of click uh, on that one, eh? Scores me
2: scores my hand balls like these days, eh?
5: They all count, baby. Look at the hand of God. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <fucking>. actually <laughs> I tell I tell you it's a funny one. I was but that was the first game of soccer I ever watched with my old man, um Argentina versus England. And of course the old man was devastated that England got beaten. But he was raging after that Maradona had a the ball. And I was like, What's wrong with you? I was only eight, like I was like, What's wrong with you? And he goes, gonna be hearing about this for the next fucking 30 years (laughs)
2: well he's he's right about that
5: (laughs) i know yeah but um but in in terms of the zone i was all for it. as i said before a subscription model coming in at a low price i mean i'm already paying a tenner for netflix paying whatever 20 quid for now TV. i'd happily spend a tenner to be able to stream hd fights in the states i think one of the big drawbacks for them i think they actually were onto something with the business model a common play in any business, is that if a new kid comes on the block, then they go for market share. So they undercut the price and they try to get as many customers as they can, then they ramp the price up. The problem was for them, I think, in terms of a lot of the sports that they're um, invested in, as Ozzy said, it's kind of geographically limited. So they haven't got worldwide rights to any of these sports. So they're in certain territories, they're doing well with certain sports. I think if their subscription model, could somehow encapsulate all the sports and all the regions at the same time. I think they'd really be onto something. And I think the future is for sports is on one of these monthly subscription platforms. I just think it probably came at the wrong time. And as Andy said, they gamble heavy. I mean, we we all said at the time, how the fuck are they going to fulfil these obligations to Canelo, to Golovkin, to Anthony Joshua, by propping up fucking fighters? And like you know, sort of problems again in the sport. Someone said Andrade. And Bradley uh, got more. Got he demanded more that for, money, baby. He demanded fighting. that he, cash. Apparently, he got paid more for fighting Luke Keeler when there was about fucking 15 people in the venue uh, than the main event guy at the UFC, at the latest UFC. So, like, we slate, you know, fellas, boxing fans always slate the UFC because the fighters don't get paid. Maybe this boxing model means that the boxing fighters are getting paid too much for not doing as much. And. That's part of the reason that The Zone can't sustain this subscription model because they can't seem to match the best fighters when they're all on different platforms. So it's flawed from a boxing perspective. It probably wasn't going to work. But there was a giant gap in the market when HBO went to the wall and the talkies the Showtime are about to follow them. So there is a big void there for TV networks and U.S. Uh, boxing coverage. Maybe Uncle Al is going to come out at the end of this smiling. Everybody thought the PBC was finished four or five years ago. Um, the zone kind of operated very similarly to the PBC in their first uh, year trading or whatever so I think it, to be honest with you I think it's a pity that they're gone um, I thought the commentary team wasn't the best they needed work on the production values but like I said massive gap in the market now the HBO are gone and where where's going to be the new home for, for big time fights in the US then factor into it all the money that they threw at the fighters in 2019 Tyson Fury I think made 30 million more than any of them like and Conor McGregor was up next as the, as the highest paid athlete. I think he only had one fight in 2019. And then the rest of them are down the pecking order. And I don't I think the zone had Canelo in at number five as much money as he is in terms of yearly income. So all that money that they're throwing at the sport and they're still kind of way behind in the market It was a, is a difficult one for them to, to maintain for sure.
2: I think it is, man. Was he not no paying Tevin Farmer something like $2 million?
5: See what I mean, like Tevin Tevin Farmer. What <laughs> fucking planet is Tevin Farmer worth two million a night on? Two million a night
0: for Tevin Farmer.
2: He was demanding like three, four billion to fight. Uh, was it was it B G Raw? I think it was. Yeah it, it, yeah, it was all
0: right when Eddie was doing it though. It's okay when he come out. He was trying to get the best fights, so he was putting up the best yeah. purses. when Heyman did it, he was wasting money, and it was you know what's the difference between the two approaches?
2: Eddie walked down like oh, it, um, and Hayman um, was
0: nowhere to be seen, so he doesn't defend himself, so uh, he's yeah. an easy target.
2: He's wanting Jesse Vargas. Well, Adrian Brunner's demanding $10 dollars million, $10 million cash, or what
0: advising all the people on yeah. at, at his own um, headliners. You know, getting a cut off them. Smartest Steve, man in boxing.
2: Steve, I agree with Therefore. your comments. I agree with your comments, old mate. Eddie Stables getting thinner than uh, his hair. So yeah,
0: big exit coming soon.
2: Yeah, I we'll think, watch so. This space. Right, think so. Anyway, I listen to Steve. Do you yeah. think there's a possibility he might revert back to the old lizard center days? You know, maybe
0: but... you never know. Ship fights in leisure centres, as he yeah. once said. I'd say he'll disappear quick enough. He's got the darts keeping him going, hasn't
2: he? He kinda keep taking losses, and as he says, the strongest shall survive. Yeah. Uncle Al still surviving, baby.
0: Uncle Al will continue to survive. All he wanted to do was pay fight as well and look after them. Uncle Al, greatest man in boxing. Blessed be his name. Anyway, praise let's finish be.
2: Up Praise <laughs> be.
0: Praise be, praise be to Al. Um, Andy's been on with us as always, thanks to him Ozzy Smith, rapping Rob Kelly, stuck us till the end The guru, a fleeting, disembodied voice came in at one point He's also disappeared, as was G-Murder, Gabe He's no longer with us, unfortunately Trying to get one of the boys on next week Maybe Dave Lowback, Donny, who knows, could return Thanks Damn. to Echo Esserman, being one of our guests Craig Steven, MC Shorten also jumped on I've been Steve Wells. I'll catch you all again next week for episode 376. Same time, same place. Bye. Bean.
7: Sports Social Podcast Network.